So here's a question that's been on my mind here recently. All right. Whenever they started the beloved Southern food chain Cracker Barrel. Right. Do you think they already had the name picked out or they had already just like started that restaurant and they were like, we got to come up with a good name for the chain. And they just looked around the restaurant and they were like, well, looks like a barrel of crackers in here. Cracker Barrel. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, is most likely how that came about because what would be the other so. explanation that they they opened a restaurant because they were like well we got this barrel of crackers who ships crackers in a fucking barrel that's what i'm saying and you've never seen a barrel full of crackers there like it'd be one thing if like oh every table there's a barrel full of crackers and you chew them up and spit them on the floor or whatever Man, you know what? that was my favorite game as a kid though barrel oh, yeah, of crackers totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You try to connect the crackers and pull them all out in a chain. Oh, such a good time, man. Who doesn't Ooh, remember the, the fun summer days with barrel of crackers, right? <laughs> Welcome, Wait, dead and lovely podcast, listeners. Right? Yeah, I think so, right? <laughs> what? Welcome to the Cracker Jack and his podcast on the interweb, why it's dead and lovely, your favorite horror movie review podcast. Here with your good buddies. It's me, Uncle Ben. It's me, Hollywood Steve. And we are here today to be talking about The Hills Have Thighs. The Hills Have Thighs, yeah. Uh-huh. That's yeah, it. that's the mm-hmm. one that I watched. Some people's car breaks down and they get just mobbed by um, sexy ladies with bodacious thighs. That's the one that you watch too, right? I mean, I've I've certainly seen some uh, videos of some women with some bodacious thighs, so yeah. I. Yeah, I'll probably be able to keep up. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just start talking about thighs, see where it goes. Well, I'll tell you this, man. So I don't know if you know about this, but I think just due to a lot of like uh, COVID-related shutdowns and stuff like that, the meat industry is really suffering and stuff right now. And in particular, mm. chicken wings are in insanely high demand and are going for really, really high prices. Did you hear about this? I did not. I did it's not. It's a huge thing. Like restaurants are having to up their prices huh. and stuff like this. And it's to the extent that, you know, the, um, the like, wing chain uh, wing stop? Uh-huh. They are now, I don't know if it's permanent or temporary, but they are rebranding themselves as Thigh Stop and moving mm-hmm. over to chicken thighs instead of wings, which I'm here for that decision. I think that's good, but Thigh Stop sounds like, like a fucking dietary pill or something, right? Like Thigh Stop with Fin yeah. Fin. Yeah, Thigh Stop. Or, or it sounds like a... Like a, a a device to keep your teenager from having sex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a spiked fucking garter belt they wear around their thigh or something, right? Thigh stop. Thigh stop. Sounds like one of those. Uh, we're talking about yeah. The Hills Have Eyes, the remake by Alexander Aja. 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 Is the thigh stop thing real though? Yeah, for real. For real. They are actually doing that. Yes. I thought. I thought. I thought this was all a setup for no the joke. No, they really. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I lo- I love chicken thighs. I've been saying for forever that thighs are the wings of the future, dude. It's delicious dark meat. It's boneless, mm. and they take a yeah. sauce. Great. Come on. Well, I mean, thighs aren't naturally boneless. There's well, like yeah. several bones in there, but yeah, you can make them that way. You sure as hell can. Nobody can stop me from taking the bones out of a thigh. That's true. It's completely legal. Go ahead and try it today, folks. Get yourself Mm -hmm. a chicken thigh, take the bones out, see if the cops show up. Exactly. You can do it. It's a free country, huh? (laughs) 
And you're also free to skip ahead to the movie review if you want to be that kind of person. Yeah, I don't really know why you would. Conversation. (laughs) You definitely want to stick around for a whole lot more of that because we're going to be catching up, shooting the shit about what all we've been up to this week. We're going to be doing some little FAQ action in the preview palace. I'm gonna snap open myself a cold beer and just have ourselves a good old a good old hang. But if you want to get straight to the movie review, there is a timestamp for you. It's there in the podcast description. It's just waiting on you. What are you waiting for? It's just like they said, and I know about that thing last summer that you did. What are you waiting for? <laughs> my are boobs are way for? out right now. Huh? Huh? My arms are back and my chest is out. I feel like she was answering her own question. She was like yeah, sh- right? show- showcasing her breasts and saying, what are you waiting for? And it's like, well, you know, just checking out your boobs. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be there for a while, then, you know, that's... <laughs> kind of what i'm waiting on i guess i guess uh how you been man uh, uh like that oh yeah one of those huh yeah, one of those, like, uh, those days uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah yeah um well right now as we speak my my wife is at a car dealership perhaps buying a new car so that's how we're doing Woo! A new car! A new bill! Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's honestly more like it. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to be taking on this bill. We'd like to still be driving the car we have, but it continues to have more and more problems due to the mechanic that fixed our car originally. So, yay! Yay! But, you know... It's a little pain in the ass, but it'll be nice to have some reliable wheels, right? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm in. I'm not happy. I'm very angry and upset, and this is uh, going to prevent us from doing a lot of things financially for a long period of time. So, woo! I'm not. Um, not doing great. Is what? Well, I that kind of blows. Yeah, that kind of yeah. blows, huh? Yeah, but. Um, uh huh. Well, I was gonna say maybe something good happened, but nothing, nothing good has happened specifically this week. But I, uh, you know, maybe something good will happen tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow for well, Stevens dollars yeah. and blah 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 something. <laughs> so I hate no, that I, minor key change in that song. I hate it. Yeah, I'm not Terrible. doing great. But uh, how are you doing, bit? Uh, fucking tired. Holy shit, man. I have been just absolutely fucking flooring it because uh, last Friday and Saturday we had two back-to-back Skankbanger shows, my 80s hair metal tribute band. Yeah. Uh, we had two shows back-to-back at our, our favorite hometown venue, Scruffy City Hall. And, you know, we've not played there in fucking 15, 16 months, something like that because of the pandemic and all that jazz. So I was super, super excited to be back because shows at that venue are always just fucking madness i mean there'll there'll be like 800 people jam-packed into this place everybody's losing their minds and partying and just anything can and does happen um (laughs) we blew up amps okay we broke some guitar strings i saw i saw some boobs get shook out of their shirts from men and women okay all right yep so a lot of man boobs as well you're saying just boobs of all shapes and sizes and varieties just whatever you want you probably had some right there waiting for you, man. <laughs> and uh, we played about three and a half hours both nights. No breaks, just going real fucking hard. So uh, do that two nights in a row when you're like close to 40 
it's pretty fucking exhausting. I bet. <laughs> and then the thing is, is like, okay, so we had the shows and stuff, and then basically immediately after that, we got word that we're going to be able to start um, moving into our new little studio that we're building here for my videos and music, as well as for the podcast and stuff. Yeah. Very fucking exciting. Uh, but we did also find out that they're putting down new floors on Thursday, which means if we wanted to paint it, and we did want to paint it, it'd be really good if we did that before Thursday. Yeah, obviously. So we have been, you know, we, we basically started, I guess, yesterday painting like fucking crazy trying to get this place ready. And I'll tell you this, Steve. Tell me. You've moved into a, bu- a bunch of different apartments. You've lived in some places and stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever moved into an apartment that was previously occupied by a single male? Uh, who? Not that I know of. I'm telling you, dude. The living standards that males will tolerate when they're (laughs) living on their own. Right. It is just phenomenal. Like, Uh you know, we're setting up to paint and stuff last, last night, and we go to click on the lights, and it's like fucking... Half of the lights in the entire apartment don't work. <laughs> like, the lights are just dead. Yeah. And they were never replaced because dude was just like, well, I don't care. I'm a guy. Huh. <laughs> what? I don't know, dude. The standards that dudes will live in, the conditions are just fucking appalling. I don't fucking get it, man. And also, too, it's an apartment. You call the landlord yeah, and they'll come do it, it because they have, like, 20-foot ceilings and stuff. So... You know, you need a huge ladder to do it yourself, and the fucking landlord will do it for you. Oh, I mean, that's not always going to be the case, but they they are legally obligated to. You need to take it to them at the very least. Like, yeah. don't just deal with it. <laughs> don't no. just be like, well, I guess that's what I got to do. I got to live in darkness. <laughs> this is just call, my life Call now, your I guess. fucking landlord. If they yeah. say no, then yeah, you, I mean, it's... Unless you got a lot of money, you're probably not going to get anywhere because that's just how this system works. But they're supposed to fix shit, and they usually do. In my experience, I've never had a land. I've never had like uh, an absolute like trash landlord that just refuses to fix shit and whatnot. Like mm-hmm. I've always been able to call the landlord, and then they come and fix the shit. Yeah. So like, I, I know other people have had horrific experiences with landlords, but like fucking. First thing you should do if something breaks is call the motherfucking landlord and say, fix this. Oh, yeah. And there's just all kinds of stuff like that where it's like there's, you know, all kinds of like loose faucet handles and like drain plugs and just like all kinds of just little bullshit that's just like, why didn't this get fixed, dude? And just like dumb random stuff left behind, like all the stuff under the sink is still there, including several bottles of liquor. Who keeps liquor under the sink? This is someone who doesn't drink, I would assume. I I don't know. Maybe or they they're an alcoholic and they were hiding Ooh, the booze. I like that. That way you're doing the dishes and you're never too far away. You can just reach <laughs> down there and get a little snooty snoot while you're in the sink, huh? <laughs> and no one will be the wiser. <laughs> okay, and they can't see it because it's dark in the apartment. Yeah, that's it. Okay, we've figured it out. Got but it. But also, as you said, he was a singleman. So who's he hiding it from? Who's he hiding it from anyway, huh? You can't maybe hide he, from the Lord. He sees. Maybe it's haunted. Have you have you checked for ghosts? No. All right. I have well, not. Maybe that's what it was. It, it's haunted, 
but the ghost isn't like a mean ghost, but it is the type of ghost that like will really guilt trip you. Very judgy so, ghost. Very judgy ghost. So he had to hide his drinking from the ghost. Dude, and the ghost I would hate also that. has trouble seeing in the dark. <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> I would we really hate that out. though. Like it'd be one thing to be haunted by a ghost that was like always jumping out and scaring you and stuff like that, but like Another when you know, before bed, you reach into the fucking freezer for a little spoonful of ice cream or peanut butter or something like that, right. and this ghost is just like, do you really need that? Hey, really? those are just empty calories. Fuck off, ghost. <laughs> Power of Christ compels you to fuck off. <laughs> that does work. That does, If you say terrible. that, if you got a ghost around, you don't want them around, the Power of Christ compels you to fuck off. They have to leave, legally. They got to. Yeah. They're it's obligated against to. the law if they don't. <laughs> That's when the Ghostbusters get involved. That's right, dude. But yeah, it's been good. It's just been fucking busy, man. Like, I barely had time to watch anything. I think the only things yeah, that I working. watched this week were... Uh, I watched the Dr. D episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, damn. The that's slap awesome heard around the world. Yeah, that's a good one. Man alive. Talk about a guy that just got fucking chewed up by the system right there. Yeah, yeah. And talk about John Stossel being a piece of shit. Oh, fuck that guy, man. Yeah. He basically admitted that his entire, like, pain and shit was bullshit. Because it went away the second he got paid. Dude, I know. That fucking guy. And then also, too, the other, the wrestler guy that agreed to talk to him and, like, break kayfabe and oh, everything. Yeah. He's all like, oh, uh, I was doing it so everybody could get benefits. <laughs> it's like, no, you weren't, dude. You're yeah. getting paid for this. Fuck you. I mean, listen, they, they need benefits. They need medical benefits. Uh, of course they do. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like that was his entire motivation I, I love dark side of the ring <laughs> i love the way they present stories that it, it's just uh you know they they're real brutal stories a lot of the times too though like that oh, that one's yeah. actually probably one of the more like easy to swallow a guy getting chewed up by the system it's like yeah we've seen that a lot yeah uh, and then becoming a bounty hunter and a fucking yeah, total he seems maniac fine with his life <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he seems pretty good, man. Yeah. But yeah, they do get heavy, dude. I wish that they would start like a companion piece. Maybe like a little thing that comes after the episode that's called the light side of the ring, right? <laughs> Where they it's just, just like, tell cute stories yeah. about Mick Foley or something. That's literally what I was about to say. It's about, it's about how, you know, Mick Foley listens to Christmas music all year long because yeah. he keeps the spirit <laughs> in his heart and stuff. Like, yeah. give me those little side stories after the episode so I can at least leave like happy. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, even, you know, even when you hear wrestlers tell, like, from, especially from the, the 70s and 80s and early 90s, tell their, like, fun stories from the road, it's like, yeah, so we got into a bar fight and beat the shit out of about 60 locals, <laughs> and then Hawkhead yeah. butted an oncoming car! Like, <laughs> it's, like, even their fun stories are like, damn, Y'all are dude. fucked up. You need to I just slow saw, down, man. I just saw the uh, Stone Cold interview with uh, Kevin Nash, which came out uh, th this recent Sunday. And okay. he was they were talking about driving down back roads going 100 miles an hour with the lights off. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. None of that. A lot of that thrill-seeking behavior in professional wrestlers, so... Sometimes even the fun stories are no fun. Less fun, right? Yeah. 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 I think so, man. <laughs> uh, and I think the only other thing that we watched is uh, the Fast and the Furious 3 Tokyo Drift. Okay, so you were Tokyo Drifting. Uh, did you see what I've been saying that you got to push past Tokyo Drift? 
Yeah, because it was not very good. Yeah. It's not terrible. It's like, it's a fun racing type of movie, but it's like, well, where's this coming from? How's this connected? <laughs> like, how yeah. does this all connect to stealing shit and yeah. cars? Yeah. I get it. Like, I like that they did something different with it because otherwise yeah, it would have just it's been fun. like, and the third one, which is just like the other two, undercover right. cop movie, whatever. Like, I like that they tried something different. Uh, but, you know, when a movie starts off with two guys racing where the prize is a girl and Kid Rock yeah. Bawa Da Ba is the soundtrack, uh, you're just kind of like, oh, uh, this is rough. Yeah. Don't need this. <laughs> That guy's southern accent, dude. I think he went to the Clarice Starling School of Southern Accents, right? <laughs> well, I don't know how to drift a car. God, he sounded I, like fucking Forrest Gump, straight up. Yeah, I believe it. I like, Yeah, speaking of bad southern accents, Forrest Gump. <laughs> uh, but it was not very good. I mean, I like that it was kind of a, a fish-out-of-water movie. It was sort of this crossing yeah. of east versus west and stuff. But Sure. Ultimately, like, there just wasn't really all that much action and all that much, like, progress to the story. So yeah, hopefully the fourth one is going to bring me back in, right? I think I think it, it probably will. It, it gets back to, you know, the people you're used to and the type of story you're used to. But other than that, uh, I haven't had time to do shit, man. What have you been watching this week? Oh, I, I have watched some stuff, but <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, I, I'll start with, I guess, the good end of the spectrum. All right. And that that I I finished the Fear Street trilogy, sixteen sixty six, um, solid. I mean, it's got all sorts of problems in the world, but it's just as you know, uh, it's the same vibe as the first two. The okay, there are a lot of uh, historical inaccuracies for sure. A primary being that they're in colonial Ohio in the seventeenth century, a thing that didn't <laughs> exist. Huh. <laughs> the math yeah. doesn't quite check out there, does it? No. The Algonquin what? tribe in uh, Ohio of the time definitely wouldn't have allowed this settlement, I don't I don't think, encroaching in on their, their hunting land. So huh. um yeah, not 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 exactly the type of thing that Makes you think they did any real research at all. <laughs> Opened any books to do any sort of fact checking or anything like that. And the thing is, I enjoyed it. It it just um, but the you got. I guess you have to in your world just say, oh, this is an alternate universe. Like, okay, yeah, that explains all of the like different problems with the timeline like in 94 how they're hearing you know popular music from uh, you know a couple years ahead <laughs> like in this world that song came out in 94 so what you're saying is that if ohio would have gotten started earlier it would have advanced all of society sev uh, a forward couple several years. years yeah yeah <laughs> basically that that is what we get out of this is that this is an alternate universe that kind of pushed all of us forward a couple of years it, but yeah i mean it, it's it was fine i i enjoyed it and if they make more i'll watch more but okay. i probably won't go back and watch the three that just came out anytime right. soon yeah not like a rewatcher or anything like that yeah but i definitely worth finishing I, it 
have you gotten to 78 yet? Did we talk about that, maybe? No, huh? I've no, not watched haven't. the Camp okay. Slasher one yet, no. Go. Hopefully I'll be able to do that this week. Yeah, definitely. I, I I imagine you'll watch 78 and be like, you know what, I'll finish it. So definitely finish it if you do enjoy 78. Um, Another, I, I would say, great one, Piranha 3D. Oh, dude, it's been so long since I watched that. We watched it in theaters. Yeah. And it was a fucking blast. We had so much fun. Because it's just there to be, like, stupid, fun, look at girls in bikinis, and this guy's dick got bitten off. Like, it's just yeah. dumb fun. It's exploitation, and it's it's spring break horror. And it, it's fucking everything I want it to be. Yeah, totally. Like, the the thing that it really nails is that like MTV Spring Break feel, mm-hmm. where girls it's gone just, wild feel, girls gone wild feel, where it's just like there are so many people in those crowd shots, just mm-hmm. so many people, like and they're just like locals and stuff, so like they look like regular people, but obviously they're hot. Uh, cause they were like, well, we'll pick the hot locals. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to show every local. Uh, but like you got just all these regular people enjoying themselves. It's just real cool to see. It's a good summer movie. And also, yeah, as you said, a guy's dick gets bitten. A couple of dicks. Wait, no, there, I also watched the sequel. So I'm mixing up a couple dick bite offs. <laughs> I, I also watched the sequel, which is not a great movie, but also still fun. Uh, but I never the, did the, see it. Yeah, 3D uh, is great. Directed by our, our man here, Alexander Aja. Um, it's a real interesting move from, the, you know, the the dark fucking tone of uh, what the fuck is high tension, and mm-hmm. and this to Piranha. It's yeah, just really. like a major fucking shift. But it yeah, also that's a has, little bit of a leap. It also has so many like brutal kills, uh, like kind of sci-fi level CG at times, but it's also like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. So that one, that one's fun. Um, also, Snakes on a Plane, I watched for the first time. You'd never seen Snakes on a Plane? Think of any reason why a person would watch Snakes on a Plane. I mean, we saw it in the theater. <laughs> Did you feel like you spent your money well? I felt like I watched a movie for sure, dude. Like, exactly. That's- I think the thing about it is it, it's kind of like our involvement with um, with Tusk, where it's like we were there kind of for the entire inception of just like, what if we made a movie? Yeah. What would it be about? I think it was it started off a fucking tweet or something, didn't it? Uh, I don't know. Or maybe it was on like a forum or something like that. Like I can't really remember exactly right now, but there's some story about how the entire movie was just kind of like dreamt up by fans. And then it just got created somehow. So we were there for it just because it was just like, this is so stupid. I remember reading about this on the internet like two years ago. So, of course, I have to go see it. Um, I don't remember a lot about it other than it was just like obviously very stupid and pretty much like a sci-fi channel movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. It it was right in line with Piranha 3 Double D, I would say, where it's like, it's fun, but it's not like, it's not like, good in any way like yeah i would say piranha 3d is is good it's good it does a good job as a horror movie of doing exactly what you want piranha 3 double d is fun and so is snakes on a plane but they're not exactly good because like as you said 
the the plot is not memorable at all it, mm -hmm. and so much stuff that happens it's just like well this is just you know to have this cg bit happen or whatever and also a guy gets his dick bitten off so there again very similar to piranha <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, I had never wanted to see it because to me the entire joke is the title and that's it like that and it's true like you're there's nothing more to the movie than yeah it's just snakes on a plane yeah and Sam Jackson yelling a lot yeah it's fine I I, I enjoyed myself watching it I, I it's better than Anaconda it's better than Deep Blue Sea or whatever it's it's yeah. more fun than those but yeah it's also it never just, even tried to be serious exactly but it's also not very memorable except uh, I I did like Keenan's character in that the guy who's uh, you know <laughs> figures out how to land a, a gigantic uh, passenger jet uh, because he's done flight simulators a lot on <laughs> PS2. Hell yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> that That's was so fun. Stupid. Even I like yeah. I, th I like that because it it embraces the stupidity. Like it just like oh yeah, like what? Who cares? We're not gonna have somebody who has actual flight experience. We're gonna have somebody who's like I've done a video game. Um, but yeah, that one that one's is still fun. It's just I I'm surprised I haven't watched it. I guess. But, like, my my reasoning always was, there's no way it lives up to the title. Like, it doesn't, it can't be as fun as that title is. Totally. And it isn't. That's unfortunate. It just isn't as fun as the title idea is. Snakes on a plane. What the fuck? That's crazy. But they just have to do so much to set up why this would even work. Like, they have to put sure. those, like, pheromones on the lays and stuff. And it's like, oh, even yeah. then, the snakes are acting in ways snakes wouldn't act. Like, why would a snake attack the uh, the instruments of the plane? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> because they're in a movie, dude. Because pheromones, yeah. 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 I, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But I did watch a movie this week. The original Harry Potter movie troll uh-oh that's right how'd that have you ever seen you? it i don't think that i have you i don't think that i have it. man it's one of those ones where like i know i've seen a lot of scenes from it um and obviously a lot of scenes from troll too but i actually don't think i've ever sat down and watched either one of them so these are on my to-do list for sure right you need to watch troll it's on hbo max you need to just turn it on it's immediately going to start entrancing you you're going to be like, how have I not seen this? Troll is, it is a fantasy horror that stars Harry Potter Jr. and his dad, Harry <laughs> Potter Sr., played by Michael Moriarty. Oh, shit, really? Fuck yes, and he does a lot of Michael Moriarty shit. <laughs> so, oh, Mo Rutherford himself, oh, huh? Mo Rutherford himself. Uh, there's definitely a character who, she has to have been the inspiration for Minerva McGonagall. No way, really. Yeah. Um and there is a lot of puppet work and and it's it's interesting. It is like I I watched it as a kid and remembered it being weird, but I hadn't seen it since then and watching it as an adult like it is so strange it's such a weird little movie that is obviously trying to do like some of the fantasy stuff that was popular around the time like you know we've talked about like legend and never-ending story and all that stuff like that but it's also a horror movie like very much a horror movie all right sounds awesome 
yeah definitely worth checking out i mean it's not like the best movie you'll ever see but it's one of those movies you have to see from the 80s i think word and we also uh on ice cream sunday watched army of the dead i put myself through this again and i, put, I don't know I made how you other did people suffer through it oh why why I guess, I guess i'm a sadist i don't know um i i have to tell you ben that movie gets worse the more you think about it and i haven't uh. stopped thinking about it since the first time i saw it Dude, and watching I have, it I again only it. made it worse i uh i've just avoided it like i don't know one person that has watched it that liked it no with that, i've definitely heard some people like it but i i don't i don't get what they like um but it made it made me realize like watching it that we give Zack Snyder too much credit for his Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, because right. If it yeah. were his Dawn of the Dead remake, we wouldn't like it. No, huh? Yeah, the man has no good ideas. <sighs> uh, yeah, I can't think of one. But he he definitely like it's just. I, I would maybe you could call it like ADD theater, like the stuff he does. It doesn't revolve around plots or like the traditional ideas of foreshadowing and things like that. It's just stuff that's happening, and you can get on board with it or not. <laughs> so that sounds like exactly the person that should be making all these huge franchise movies, right? Yeah, kind of like. I mean, I, I I don't know. I've seen I've seen several different people kind of recently on social media talking about how uh, a lot of people get too obsessed with plot. Like a movie has to have a certain plot, and everything mm-hmm. has to f- forward that plot. And I think you can go back and listen to our episodes and know that we're not those type of people. We definitely like movies that uh, don't follow uh, the regular plot structure or don't even sure. really fucking have a great plot or anything. We're, we can get into those. But I don't. Un- what I don't understand, though, is, is saying that a person being <laughs> like really focused on the plot of a movie is missing something. Because hmm. that is kind of what a movie's supposed to do, right? Is tell a story. Usually, you're supposed yeah. to have like a point. Like you're supposed to be like <laughs> a reason for like. So I get that people appreciate Zack Snyder's aesthetic and things like that, or or whatever. Are they're cool with just oh, this is happening just because? Because it would be cool, I guess, if there were zombies that were also robots. Like whatever, whatever that those people are are in for that ride but also there's no reason there's no reason to look at people who are very like focused on the plot and say these people don't get it they do get it they get exactly what a story is supposed to be sure. some of us just appreciate the artistry behind it and don't really the care pageantry. sometimes if there's a plot yeah but sometimes much, you just can't overlook the lack of a plot Sometimes Man. you gotta be like, what the fuck is happening here? I know at one point I'll just have to sit down and watch it just to know what everybody is talking about. It's and be two able and to a like, half hours. That's the thing, man. Yeah. It's like, dude, especially <laughs> as tight as things have been lately, I'm like, I don't really know when I'll have time to sit down and watch something that I know I'm going to hate. That's two and a half hours, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
um i don't re i honestly don't recommend it but they're gonna make more of them so i guess to be up on what's going on in horror it makes sense to watch it it, it really is more of a task than a than an entertaining watch it's like well i guess i gotta keep up with the conversation <laughs> yeah do some horror homework so i can stay yeah. on top right <laughs> exactly but i don't want to doesn't sound like no, fun to me at all man. not at all not not even kind of fun i'll tell you what does sound pretty fun is cracking open myself a co-beer i've been working all day it's oh, almost yeah? five o'clock i need to have myself a co-ginger beer in fact oh Ooh, is that is this an alcoholic crack? ginger beer? It is. This is from Ginger's Revenge in Asheville, which is a really, really, really cool uh, brewery down there that just specializes in making ginger beer. They do wow. alcoholic, just regular ginger beer, but then they also do all kinds of different flavored ones and stuff. Like they do a pear one. They do some that okay. have like hibiscus and shit in them. All right. Uh, but they're fucking great. You like a ginger beer, don't you? I love a ginger beer. Love a, love a spicy ginger beer. Love a, a ginger beer of all types. Yeah, this is one that my good buddy Andy Campbell, the drummer of Skank Banger and Smooth Sailor and pretty much every other band that I play with, uh -huh. uh, it's one that he picked up for me whenever he was in Asheville not too long ago. They make a mighty fine beverage, and a lot of time you can find it in like Asheville restaurants and stuff like that. So okay. If you ever see any, I definitely recommend you get your pull. What are you drinking on? I'm drinking on a homemade spicy water. That's right. You I, made it at uh, home? I put the bubbles in myself. Do you just take a glass of tap water, and then you just put a straw in it, and you blow bubbles in it, then drink it really fast? Yeah. Yeah, you never tried it? Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> it's Listen, the faster you blow, the more bubbles you get in there. So you got to really like go at it. You know, what you should do is, like, next time that we're together, one of us will blow the bubbles in the well, water the while the other one sucks. drinks it. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yes, this is a good idea and definitely hygienic. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's why we got <laughs> vaccinated. Dr. So Fulci and ACDC said we're fine to do it now. Dude, I did not know this. We've You've been saying the Dr. Fulci joke for, for the past few weeks. Uh, Fulci actually went to medical school. No shit. Yeah. Didn't graduate, huh. but he went there. So he, he could have been, been Dr. Dr. Fulci. Fulci. He could have been the one with the ACDC. <laughs> wow, man. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, tasty old ginger beer right there. I do recommend. And I'll tell you what, Steve, before we get any further into this episode, I hear that we have an awful lot of cues that oh, we yeah. need to A the F out of. Oh, we're going to A the F out of those cues. You oh, ready for baby. This? Oh, A my Q. Yeah. So effing hard. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Let's step on into the preview palace, Steve. Welcome to the preview palace. Ooh, so yeah. sexy and erotic. It's getting sexy up in here. Yeah, it is. We're going to answer some questions that you guys submitted to us over on our Facebook and Instagram pages. The reason why social media was invented. It's all been leading to this. It's all, That's you it. know, it started it, off at the GeoCities and the Angel uh -huh. Far. Listen, and now it's reached its pinnacle evolution with our Facebook page. Our Facebook page, you can finally ask us questions. We brought down democracy to do it. Yeah, it's true. Worth it. <laughs> Worth, Worth it. it. Totally. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So we got we got several beer questions here, Ben. And okay. uh I think I think this one right here though 
This is just a genius question from Krista. Oh, Krista. What are your top three favorite lawn mowing summertime beers? Oh, man. Just something you want to sip on the mower or maybe after you get off of the mower? Yeah. Now, my number one, I've said before, I, I this is usually if I show up at a bar and they have this, it's going to be my first beer because I always need me a dogfish head sea quench to just quench my, my palate just ready for other mm-hmm. beers. That's right, man. That is just a good palate neutralizer. It's just a refreshing tart mm-hmm. little boy. Yeah. Love it. One of my favorites. That's a pro choice right there. What do you know about fucking Miller High Life? <laughs> okay. Uh, cold? Uh, yeah. Ice cold. Yeah. Ice cold. It needs to be ice cold. But yeah. I mean, I, I mean, no ice cold. I can handle a Miller Lite or a Budweiser. Uh, either way it goes. Yeah. But uh, you put a little bit of lime in a Budweiser. I'm not talking a Bud, Bud with lime. I'm talking actual lime. Put a little lime in Budweiser. Again, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe lime is the thing that I prefer when I'm super thirsty and it's hot. Right? Maybe yeah. we're seeing a theme right here, huh? Yeah, but you put a little bit of lime in a Budweiser or Miller Lite or a uh, PBR or whatever. Fuck yeah. That, that's oh, dude. awesome. You, ta- uh, you tangle that with a Tecate? Come on. That's what I was about Ooh. to say is a Tecate. Hell yes. Love it. Love yeah. it. Uh, but I mean, what I think one uh, that we've had in the past on the show that we said is like an ultimate lawnmower beer was uh, the Lagunitas Socket to Me. Oh my God. Yes, dude. Because yeah. it did have all that like classic kind of Pilsner flavor, yeah. but just with more flavor. It was so good. I yeah. agree. That's probably number two on my list right there. I yeah, think. for sure. It is a damn delight, man. You know, one thing that I really enjoy too is like some of those, um, if it's like a really, really, really hot day and you want something a little bit sweeter, but still nice and light like that, some of those like Kugel like summer shandies and stuff yeah. are a delight. Have you had those? Yeah, I love a shandy. That's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, again, you, that's that's a good way to turn a cheap beer into a good summertime treat, make you a shandy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I all that, all that's great to me. But uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, just any any lager pilsner, basically something light. You just don't want anything. Even even an IPA can be too heavy. I but, agree. You know, uh, Zool's got a lot of great sours, and I've been I've been really enjoying sours during the summer. And, and maybe oh, it is yeah. that when when I'm like a little dry mouth, I for some reason want just a little bit of sour to it. Makes sense. I get that, man. Yeah. You know, another local heavy hitter, heavy hitter, heavy that old lawn mowing rig, man. Um, that fucking Zool uh, school night pilsner that they have. It's an Italian pilsner. Ooh. Fuck, that thing is so light and crispy. It's a is delight. It brewed from marinara or? Yeah. Is they, a bolognese? Uh, <laughs> they mix the vat with breadsticks. <laughs> That's how they Sounds do it. Sounds awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> All right, here's a, here's another beer one, and this one's this is also great. What's better, sunrise beer or sunset beer? Ooh, ooh. Okay, now, that's kind of tough because there are like both distinct advantages to yeah. both. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so a sunset beer. I, I mean, like, because you you could have a ton of beers around sunset, but a, a sunset beer, I'm assuming, means you're outside. You're having a beer and the sun's going down. And that when you is say a great sunset feeling. beer, I I imagine like it's been a long busy summer day. Yeah, 
and I'm like grilling on the patio while yes. cracking open a beer while I cook. And that that That's is perfect. indeed a lovely thing. Yeah. But a sunrise beer, the only time I'm gonna have a sunrise beer is it's vacation. We're at the beach. Vacation, man. Hell yeah. We're going yeah. out to the lake. We're going to the pool. That's when you're having your, your early morning beers. And yeah, dude. To me, sunrise ooh. beer is airport beer. Like, yeah. I end up having to catch a lot of really early flights. And, dude, if you're just going to be waiting around at an airport, you might as well do it with a good old hearty beer buzz going on. So some morning <laughs> fucking yeah. airport beers, they are a rare treat, especially considering I haven't had one of those since... I mean, fuck. I don't know the it's last time I was on a, a plane. While, huh? Yeah, it's been a year and a half since I had one of those. So honestly, probably the next time that I have me one of them morning beers, it's going to be super ultra special. I'll be smashing that in the camaraderie of my friends and fellow pickers, and it will be a very special one indeed. Hell yeah. So this one, boy, this uh, this took me a good bit of thinking. but. Okay. If there were to be a Friday the 13th type franchise, but Jason be a woman, who you want to see do that stabbing? Oh, shit. So female Jason is what we're after. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's our who's our big, maybe intimidating, imposing figure to play Jason as a woman? I'm just totally going to go with the first thing that came to mind, and I don't really know why, but I know it would be fucking awesome. I want to see fucking Aubrey Plaza don the mask <laughs> okay, and do so some fucking deadpan killing. Less big and intimidating. Though yes. still intimidating. Uh, she could definitely But extremely entertaining. Yeah. Okay. So you're going, you're going for comedy. Yeah, I think so. I think you're irony. undercutting the power of women, but whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Gwendolyn Christie, aka Bran of Tarth. Oh fuck! Okay, now that that would be really extremely badass. Yeah, yeah. We kind of went uh, different directions here, but we did. Good we did definitely for sure. But I think uh, one Aubrey Plaza is intimidating. Like uh, she that that face she can do i don't know if you've seen uh fuck what was that one she did with uh the scarlet witch uh fuck now i'm forgetting everything ah! <laughs> okay that olsen yes elizabeth olsen uh ingrid goes west oh, oh no man. i haven't seen she that plays good really and it, yeah. scary and creepy in that uh, definitely okay. yeah i think she could she could definitely like if they were to do a sleepaway camp with like uh, adult Angela and Aubrey Plaza was her. Fuck That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. That'd be fucking awesome. That'd be amazing. Yeah. All right. Jason Codera asks us, Ben, are you ready for this one? This one I really love. Okay. If you were tasked with writing a spinoff of Psycho Goreman, which character would you spin off? Oh, so we just get like a standalone movie about one of those characters. One of the characters. Yeah. I want a Ferris Bueller's Day Off style movie about Alistair and his life as a brain. <laughs> I want that. I want him like in school and yeah. like, you know, ducking out of school and going off on some fun adventure as a big brain. That's not too much to ask for, I think. You want think... him like singing on a float in the parade. <laughs> exactly. Yes, dude. Yes. And like nobody really acknowledging the fact that he's just a big brain. <laughs> yeah. I want, uh, I want like a, a buddy comedy 
with uh, Death Trapper. Yeah. Just, you know, uh, he's going to be our, our comedic relief to, uh, oh, fuck, what was the guy with the sword's name? Jesus, the the bronze guy or whatever. Cassius 3000? Something like yeah, that? That's what Cassius had, like, the little bird thing on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah him. Yeah, I want him being, like, super serious and Death Trapper being, you know, wacky, silly. That I want would be them fucking in a, in awesome. a buddy comedy. Like a cosmic <laughs> buddy cop movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I, I would watch the shit out of that. That would be amazing. Yeah, but there's so many of those Psycho Gorman characters you want to know more about, too, though. Hell so, yeah, like, all of them. Yeah, the whole council and everything, I need to know more. Like, what the hell? Just any, if they were to spin off any of the characters, I'd watch it. Oh yeah, pass those bluegulls and get me a seat. <laughs> so Grayson Hester asked, between the two of you, which would be more likely to be the final girl? Okay, all right. Like the sole survivor that ends up facing yeah. off with the big bad at the end of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. I think, I think I'm toast. I think it's going to be you in this situation. I think you're going to be the one that's more analytical and intelligent about the situation. Like mm. you'd be more of the Laurie Strode in this, and I'd end up getting poo bared outside of a window or something like that. I'm pretty sure. Well, now one, that's cute, but I also smoke a lot of weed. So like that's true. You are the stoner. Like it seems like I'd go so quick. And also, I, don't know, though. I am the type to be like, "Hey, buddy," to like a giant imposing dude who's got an axe. That's true. That's you my might hey, buddy him a little bit. <laughs> but you know, if we're playing by cabin in the woods rules, you do make it to the end. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So yes, if we play by cabin, yes, cabin in the woods. I am the fool for sure. Like. That that would go exactly in that trajectory, which would make you probably the final girl. Hmm. So maybe, maybe. we both end up there together in, in different situations. Uh, are you secretly slutty, Ben? Is that what's going on? Maybe that's what happens. Yeah. That could happen. Well, I mean, Davy Stranger, he gets yeah. around, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. So. Yeah, Davey's, okay, so if it's Davy Stranger... You're toast. <laughs> oh yeah, it's over, man. It's that over. Guy that guy's getting decapitated with pipe. a. He's gonna get decapitated with a guitar string or something cool. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. And yeah. as it, so, like, I'd be I die, but it'd be like the coolest death in the movie. I think. Yeah, and you're instead of like immediately falling off, your head would like slowly slide off, and you would say something like, "Oh, sweet death" or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. cool like that. Something way cool. Yeah. Rock and roll. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> and maybe like it doesn't cut your vocal cords, so like Ooh, your yeah. head starts to fall forward and it does like a weird vocal cord stretch thing. I like all of that, yes. Okay, we're writing a pretty solid movie here right Yeah, now. I'm pretty sure we're onto something right here. We need a Davy Stranger <laughs> horror movie is what we're getting at. I just hope Grayson doesn't uh, ask for a writing credit just for asking the question. You mm, know what? Yeah, he can have it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll let him have it. Uh, our pal Kev Bickerdyke. You know oh, him. Oh, it's Kev Bickerdyke right. from our over across the pond, isn't it? Uh-huh. He says, which English language horror film have you found most difficult to understand without subtitles? I got one right on the, off the top of my head. Kill list. Fucking Dead Man's Shoes. Oh, dude, Dead, Dead Man's Man Shoes, shoes kill- well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so apparently both by that. Wait. No, they weren't both by the same guy. Uh, no, they, I, I was thinking of Ben Wheatley. No, yeah, I was thinking of In the Earth by Ben Wheatley. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, In the Earth, 
wasn't that bad. But yeah, Dead Man's Shoes and uh, fucking Kill List are Kill both List, very, yeah. very hard to decipher for me as subtitles. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think I would have any idea what happened in Kill List without subtitles. <laughs> I, I, Dude, no kidding. It's already it's already like one of those movies where you're like, wait, what the fuck is happening? So <laughs> if you didn't have the subtitles, it would just be absolutely uh, incomprehensible. There's some parts in Dog Soldiers that were pretty yeah. tough too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bryn Bai, maybe B. Not sure how to pronounce that last name. BYE. Right. Like, bye bye. Uh, asks, do you guys have any specific horror subgenres that you tend to lean towards or enjoy more? Um, I like slashers a lot. Like, I, I, do, I just yeah, always enjoy good, cheesy 80s yeah. slashers. And mm-hmm. I like a lot of Giallo stuff, although there's still a lot you're, I haven't seen. You're you're much more into Giallo than I am. I uh, Giallo is so silly. It, yeah. <laughs> it, I just never find myself being drawn to it, though every time we watch one, I'm like, well, I'm glad I watched that. Totally. Uh, but uh, for me, yeah, uh, I, I don't believe in ghosts, but I love haunted house stuff. Like yeah, anything yeah. about a haunting, I'll watch for sure. Same with uh, me and like re- religious stuff. I tend to like yeah. those a lot. Yeah, you're big on the. Re- oh, uh, and also uh, love love any space horror. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even even if I don't end up liking the movie that much, <laughs> like it happens a lot with space horror, or it's just you know they don't they don't do much more than Alien, which is I guess the pinnacle. But totally. love space horror. Your lives are a horror movie. Who's playing you? What happens in the movie? And most importantly, do you kiss at the end? This comes from Chrissy Derbyshire. Oh, shit. Okay. Are we in our own individual movies or is this both Uh, together in a movie? I think we're in our own individual movies, but we obviously both have parts to play in each other's movie, it seems, since do we kiss at the end. Okay. And we both survive at least. Spoilers, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um i'm thinking in mine it's gonna have something to do with me like buying a like a haunted guitar like where yes. i get this i get oh, this guitar this awesome. and like suddenly i can start like playing better than ever and like everywhere i go people go nuts for this guitar but it's actually like haunted and maybe it's taking like a year of my life off of it every time i play so i like age really rapidly the more i shred but the people oh, want me to damn. shred so i do it's kind of like thinner, but with a guitar, I guess. <laughs> Older. Yeah. And I will be played by Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> Good choice again. <laughs> Just sticking with her. Sure, why not? I, I, Ben, I truly think what we've got right now, what you just said, is is the setup to Davy Stranger dying from a guitar string. Like, that's yeah. the end of that's that it. movie, is yep. Davy Stranger. Yeah, It's Davy Stranger in haunted guitar or whatever oh and that's who plays me davy stranger <laughs> yes. makes sense you get davy stranger to come <laughs> in and play you yeah oh my god i love this Perfect. <laughs> very so, meta i mean for me it's it's definitely like it's gonna be a meta movie because my life is largely horror movies <laughs> and so I would I would say it's it's definitely gonna be like like a movie about uh, a podcaster who goes to see a horror movie and then like is like oh this is fucking lame and as he's leaving there's like a mysterious guy who's like hey you want to see a real horror movie 
and then Ooh, he leads yeah. me into like a, a a smaller theater and shows me like a completely insanely horrific movie that begins to drive me to madness and makes the reality around me start to warp. Okay, I think what you're doing is you're writing yourself into the best sequel to The Ring that we've had yet, right? Oh, man. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> that sounds awesome, actually, now that I this think about it. This would be better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it ends with me dying, but yeah, we kiss. Yeah, but, and dead. then die. We're both then dead. We We're corpses yeah. and we kiss. Actually, that's Those are two a, solid movies. They, the, I, we get killed, and then uh, for some reason, oh fuck, what's that? Uh, Joel Peter Whitkin comes in, and he's oh, like, yeah. "Can I Put have your heads these, on doilies? Can I have these heads?" Yeah, <laughs> and then Sews we our lips together forever. Yeah. <laughs> Makes so, sense. Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, this one comes from my wife, uh, and she asks. Other than from the smoking bowl, how do you choose which movies you do? Uh, this has been asked by a lot of people. A couple and, different ways. I mean, yeah. we use uh, we use scrying. I yeah. roll the bones. I yeah, read, he loves uh, rolling the bones. Entrails of creatures. Yeah, he likes to read entrails. Yeah, we do all that, and then we're like, okay, so what movie should we do? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I. You know. A lot of it is uh, basically whatever we're feeling at the time. Like, we used to try to aim for stuff that would kind of hit search engine optimization stuff to try to grow the podcast and whatnot. But honestly, those episodes don't end up getting more listeners than just random episodes where it's like, oh, why the fuck does that have so many listeners? Every Um, now and then something just lands like that. Yeah, but... Yes. Yeah, sometimes, like, you know, if we know that there's a sequel to a new series coming out, we'll be like, eh, maybe we should do another yeah. installment of that. Especially whatever, if we but... haven't done it and we've been wanting to, and it's just a good excuse, you know? Like, I know with yeah. uh, uh, Ghostbusters, for instance, we've been holding off on Ghostbusters because that new Ghostbusters is coming out. It's like, just seems like a perfect time to talk about it. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes, too, we'll just see where, you know, maybe a favorite got added to a streaming service, and we're just like, yeah. dude, I'm dying just to watch this movie, and I know it'd be a fun episode. Let's just do fucking chopping mall or whatever yeah absolutely <laughs> and sometimes it really is just that random like where uh it'll be like hey what do you want to do and ben will just be like you want to do saint mod and it's like sure like <laughs> we don't even really sometimes like, it's that simple yeah it's just like i've thought about doing this movie let's just do it so there's really no uh we don't have like any rubric or anything we just kind of wing it whatever we're feeling pretty much yep Unless a Psycho Goreman comes out, then it's Psycho fucking Goreman. That's what we're is. doing. Yeah. <laughs> Jonas Nir- uh, Ninivara asks. Ninivara. Nirvana. On a, on a scale of 7 to 14, how basic are you? Wow. 7 to 14? Yeah. Well, th- this would be the, the scale of acidity. Oh, like pH. Ma- yeah, pH scale there. So, gotcha. Um, That's a good joke. And also... <laughs> How would your SOs rate you? Okay, so I think, honestly, I am pretty basic. Like, I don't do anything. How come? I don't do anything, like, outrageous or interesting. Like, I, I mean, but you're not all, like, fucking pumpkin spice, everything. That's true. Yeah, I guess I don't hit. But, I, man, I, I, love, uh, I love a vodka soda, which is basically White Claw. Huh? 
I'm basic. Mm, that's true, man. That's true. I, I love a cosmopolitan. I make a cosmopolitan at the house all the time. And sometimes yeah. people call that a, a basic bitch kind of drink. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't think I'm uh, particularly exceptional in my regular life. I just do normal old stuff. Uh, yeah, I'd say I'm pretty basic, and I'd say my wife would say that too. You know, there's certain little things that I do that I guess would fall into that category. I love fajitas, right? Oh, yeah. That, that is the most basic Mexican meal, right? Because that's the I'm a dad, I'm going to get some attention tonight meal. I want that sizzling skillet, man. Yeah. All eyes on me. All eyes on dad tonight. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do love uh, a world of mimosas. Holy shit, do I ever love some mimosas. Now, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm thinking about it because, like, I'm, I'm, yes, mimosas are amazing. You want to go to brunch? That sounds fun. I do. Uh, <laughs> I do want to go to brunch. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, I, I'm not... I, I I don't think I, I'm uh, any any less basic than say like a I'm maybe maybe like a like a ten on the on the pH scale. I'm not That's all the way up there to fourteen, well. but I'm I'm, I'm so. about mid range. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling my my wife probably has a very long list of other ways in which I am a basic bitch and probably rate me higher, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, that's true. I'm sure because Emily has a much better grasp on who I am than I do. You know, the person you think you are is the most fictional version of yourself. It only what, exists what, in your what, head. What? Yeah. What? 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 Yeah. Robert Layton asks any progress on Meth House Massacre. Um, I mean, in my head, yes, I have like all the shots mapped out and stuff, and I've definitely written that all down and and done some storyboards. But uh, as far as getting a budget to shoot a large explosion with a crane shot, not yet. Dude, you should have saved your old car. You well, know, no, I mean we we traded it in. Obviously, it's still it's it's it still had some value. I think it was like a couple thousand, maybe they gave us, but. That would have been a good idea. Honestly. I mean, a that would have been very cathartic. One movie, come on. <laughs> that would have been cathartic as fuck, actually. To just oh yeah, explode. blow the fucking thing yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Steph Boychuk asks: Horror video games, yes or no? Dude, back when I played video games all the time, absolutely yes. I love playing fucking Resident Evil and Silent yeah. Hill and uh, Clock Tower, Nightmare Creatures, yeah, all of those. Uh-huh. Man, I played a ton back in the day. Of course, everything that I just named off is like fucking PlayStation 1 titles. Yeah, that's old stuff, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but I did really, really enjoy them, man. Although, honestly, I wonder if I could handle some of the new stuff that's out there now. Because I remember I whenever that, um, what, what was it called? PT? Like the, the new Silent Hill demo thing that floated oh, around yeah, there yeah. for a second? Uh-huh. Like, whenever that was going around, I tried to watch some YouTube like playthroughs of it. And I got fucking freaked out on the couch just watching somebody else play it. Like yeah, I don't know if I can I, handle it anymore. I can't do them. I've never, I've never been able to do them. I've never been a fan of them. I don't. Um, yeah, they work on me. <laughs> that, that's why they scare the shit out of me. I don't. No kidding. I don't uh, love it. I mean, I play say like Fallout um, or say uh, you know the Dragon Age games. They got some horrific imagery and shit that happens in them, like. Just horrific. I mean, the Fallout's full of cannibals and and zombies and all sorts of shit. But mm-hmm. um, I I can deal with psychological like horror, like the idea of horrific things. 
but when it's actually coming at you like when, oh yeah like especially when you see people do it in vr it's like no no oh, fucking no, that's way I'd just do like that. dude i don't think i could handle that shit at all like it, it's no. bad enough just watching it 2d on a screen or whatever but yeah yeah doing the vr shit i Ugh. i do not think i could handle that yeah no i am i'm just I, they're, they're just not my my cup of tea but uh that's because they work like <laughs> if it was one of those things where i was just bored by it or whatever you know fine but they actually scare the shit out of me and that's why I don't oh yeah play them. <laughs> yeah okay uh this will be our last one ben are you ready for this one y'all ready for this laura latour asks this and I mean, we've talked about it before, but we might as well talk about it again. All right. Where and when did we first meet? And what were your first impressions of each other? Was it love at first sight? Yeah, we met in college. We, we were did. hanging around the old Walter art room State. there. Mm-hmm. It had to be pretty early into my career as a collegiate because uh, yeah. pretty much as soon as I started at old Walter State, I was in that art room yeah. doing arts and farts and crafts about all the time, hanging out with our whole gang that we had there. And uh, I met you through Holly Ford, Holly Ford, who I had a bunch of mm-hmm. classes with and stuff. I think you just came by to say, see her over in the art room because everybody hung out in the art room. Even if like yeah. you didn't take art classes, that's just where we all hung out. Yeah, the cool kids that was. Oh, which yeah, was the like cool ones. Not the 10, jocks. 10 or 12 people interchangeably coming in and out. But yeah, it, it, was, it was a fun time. Yeah, I remember meeting this feller, Ben... Uh, I think uh, I made a joke about having a dead prostitute in my trunk or something. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and that took me by surprise because, like, I knew <laughs> that you knew Holly because you guys are both Mormons. Mormon, yeah, yeah. At the time, and I was like, here comes another one of those non-caffeinated squares. Yeah, and I was non-caffeinated. I, I had no, true. zero caffeine in me. Uh, just a warped brain. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, well, I like the cut of this guy's jib right here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we met back in, in uh, college, and yeah, we, we both uh, were pretty in- instantly like, hey, I like this guy. I think I uh, came and started seeing your shows down at the uh, the downtown in oh, uh, Lord of Mercy. Yeah, man, going which where is, the heathens are. Yeah, which was uh, a blast. I remember seeing you and seeing, uh, 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 fuck, <sighs> Lindsay's band. Damn it. Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah, Vertigo, uh, Straight Line Stitch, several other fucking oh, great yeah, shows. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun time. That that place is times. now the tattoo parlor that I go to. Oh, is it really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Apothic Tattoo is uh, a former downtown. I, I, like, well. I didn't even notice it until he was telling me the most recent time I was there, and then I looked to the left, and I was like, oh, fuck, that's where the stage was. Did he look at you and go, you know where you are? You're, <laughs> You're in, in the, the downtown, downtown, baby. You're gonna die. <laughs> he did. I didn't know that. Let me ask you this. Uh-huh. And again, the downtown was such a wonderful venue. Uh, Patty and Alan that ran that place treated bands great and everything. Uh-huh. But the downtown was noteworthy because it had one of the most intense smells of anywhere I've ever been in my entire life. It was like... Okay, yeah. You're up. Mm-hmm. It, it was like you had 100 people chain smoking over a fry basket yeah. for 100 years straight. Yeah. And I've always wondered... Would they ever be able to get the downtown smell out of there? Does it still smell like the downtown? It does not smell like the downtown anymore. How? Not at all. How did all. they do it? I don't know. Nathan knows what he's doing there, though. It, it uh, they got that that stench out. It just it 
It's got the the kind like older building smell, but okay, yeah, that's about it. That's normal, yeah. dude. Anytime we'd play the downtown, um, and again, this is back when you know you could have smoking indoors and it would uh-huh. still be eighteen yeah. up and stuff back in the day. We'd play that place or anywhere else that allowed smoking for that matter, and it's like. I knew I was in for at least two or three shampoos before I got the smell yeah. out of my hair. Like, I'd wake up in the middle of the night with my hair, you know, around my face or on my pillow, just choking me with that smell. My guitar straps, my Ugh. strings, yeah, everything. It's like you'd open your guitar case three days later, and you'd just, just get like smoke. a big puff of like, <laughs> yeah, like smoking downtown air just right out of there. Yeah. Oh, man, I do not miss those days, but I do miss that venue. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still a rad space. Go get you a tattoo there. A pop. Get you poke. Yeah. Get you poke. So, uh, yeah. Thanks everybody. Uh, we had a lot more questions than that. We just chose. Have mercy. You know the ones we thought would be the best for conversation. And uh, thanks for sending us any questions. We'll do this again probably in a few months when we don't have anything in mind to do for the episode. That's right, Ben. That's exactly right. Because on the subject of today's movie, The Hills have eyes from was it 2006 yep i was kind of struggling i was like um (laughs) best songs from asia by steely dan um all of them (laughs) there you go that is a pretty rad preview palace oh man yeah let's just talk about track by track about asia what a Uh, fucking album man so good i've been listening to some steely here lately what a fucking band hell yeah uh this is a this is a wild, crazy movie, Steve. This is the first it time is. that I'd ever like sat down and watched it. Uh, there was a time, I think it was maybe during the summer last year, that Kate had like a migraine, so she was kind of out on the couch for the day, yeah. and so I was just, you know, I was like exercising and doing some stuff around the house, and I turned on like the Texas Chainsaw one with um, who's it, Jessica Biel in it or whatever, right? Uh huh. And then I was like, well, while I'm doing these remake things, I might as well put this on. And I recall I got like maybe 10 minutes or so into this. And then I went and walked the dogs or something like that. Took a shower. I can't remember what all I did, but I never did finish this one. I just got a few minutes into it, got the vibe, and then never picked it up again. So yeah. this is the first time that I've ever watched through this whole thing. But I remember you and a lot of other people saying that it was one of the better like remakes. Yeah. Because a lot of the horror remakes we had coming out around this era were just fucking terrible. Just some yeah. really wholly unnecessary, missing the point stuff. So I wasn't interested to see this one whenever it came out. But um, yeah, like I said, I know a lot of people dig this one. So I'm glad I finally got around to watching it. Yeah, it's, I mean, when you're, the the movie you're remaking is brutal as hell. Like say, you know, they were remaking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, trying to capture that original brutality is kind of hubris, right? Like yeah. the idea that you're going to get that warped vision that, uh, Toby Hooper had, uh, just, it, it seems like impossible and they, they didn't, that, that movie is completely different, completely different tone, completely different feeling. Mm-hmm. This movie captures that brutality of the original and just like kind of twist the knife it's just kind of is even more warped in a lot of ways than yeah, the original it is it is but not in a way that feels like i'm gonna one-up the original like no, that's like yeah. kind of the rob zombie thing where it's like i'm gonna right. make everybody <laughs> scuzzier and now the mom's a sex worker blah 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 right. like it doesn't really feel like that it feels like this is that same story but 
made in today's world and yeah. made by a director from today with modern cinematography techniques and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like a real update more than it feels like a remake or trying right. to one up the original to me. Right, and uh, you know we're we're not going to go in depth about the original because we've already done that. If you want to go back and listen to that episode and hear you yeah. know what we had to say about that one, but we will be uh, doing a little bit of comparison and what I would uh, instantly like the major change that they made uh and you know whether for good or bad was to go from this um intelligent organized uh cannibal family to this semi-organized uh mutated family yeah that's definitely the biggest change going on in here because these are like uh these like you know hill mutant people that were created by nuclear fallout from the right. test sites and stuff out there in new mexico yeah and uh you know the original uh we get like tons of conversation between the the uh family you know jupiter and mama and jupiter with pluto and mercury and mars they all have these like conversations and make their plans and stuff and Jupiter yeah. even has like a Shakespearean fucking monologue at one. He point. does. It's really and, cool. And yeah. This is just, you know, very little talking for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I feel like the original stressed a lot more of like looking at the family dynamics between right. these inbred hill folk and these all-American tourists and stuff. It was more about like observing those different kind of family dynamics i think yeah and this movie does away with that a little bit and Mm -hmm. i don't know man there's times where i'm like i I wish that the character of jupiter would have been established a little bit more and we saw him definitely agree with that yeah kind of the mastermind of this whole thing the one that keeps this whole operation under you know lock and key yeah um same with like big mama that was her name right big mama yeah Uh uh-huh uh, you know, you kind of had the relationship between those two and how they were at the top of the food chain of this gang and everything. And in this, they just seem more like a fucking pack of, you know, maniacs that are all together. Like, you don't really learn right. much about them. Um, They're very disorganized and chaotic, but yeah. also they, they are all working toward the same thing, kind of. It's, you know, get people to eat and torture or whatever. But Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get you, Get yourself a bite yeah. off of somebody in there. Uh, the change with Ruby was kind of the biggest one here. In the original, yes. you know, Ruby was abducted by this clan. She wasn't really yeah. one of them, but she was kidnapped and kind of brought up with them. But in this one, uh, she's just as, like, you know, fallouted as the rest of them. Right. So I assume she is just part of the family naturally. Yeah, So it, but she she just displays uh, empathy. She She cares about people. She worries about people. She's not like her family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder why that is. Like, I wonder what it is about her character that is different. Why is she different? I think that the movie tries to set up that a lot of this is resentment. They resent um, the outside world for what they've done to them. Mm-hmm. And that perhaps Ruby hasn't developed this resentment yet because she's so young. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, I mean, there, there's... The possibility, I would say, also of degeneration because of the radiation exposure, mm-hmm. like that they become more, uh, you know, monstrous as they age because their brain is degenerating from constant radiation exposure. Right. Could yeah. be that. Could be that. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, no, like that's why Ruby kind of doesn't work in this one for me because you know mm. what what is what is her motivation? Where would she have gotten this like empathy from? Uh, unless the movie, of course, has the outlook that humans all naturally have empathy and can lose it over time because of you know rage uh, toward things that happen in their life that are outside of their control. That's possible. Right. That that's what it's hard to say, on. really. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's the only thing that I will say that I think I did like about the original better. I did like the way that it handled that character Ruby and yeah. why she has the motivations that she does. Like at the end of this movie, uh, spoilers, obviously. Right. You know, <laughs> whenever she sacrifices herself to save the baby and stuff like that, I was like, that's cool and that's a cool ending and everything. But like, but why? Yeah. Like, why did but she why? care? And I I think that the reason there and, and it, it's just movie making reasoning that well she's she's part of their family she is like them basically she has to die in the end like she can't go into the regular world whereas mm. you know the ruby before had been kidnapped from the regular world and they're just bringing her back uh but again that that doesn't make sense like why she would do that like i guess uh, like maybe uh, again, like where she just fully empathizes and perhaps doesn't see a future for herself. Like her mm -hmm. only future is being like her family, and so she doesn't have much to live for anyway. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's so, man. Yeah, but otherwise, it's pretty much the same movie where we have a, a group yeah. of tourists that get kind of caught in this web. Yeah, where they're told to take a, a turn through the desert there instead of going on the interstate and everything, where they are mobbed by, essentially the what is it, Sonny Sonny Bean family? Yeah, Sonny. Yeah, on? that was what uh, Wes Craven originally based the story on was the Sonny Bean legends, and uh, this is, this is obviously taking a turn to you know, uh, looking at the uh, American nuclear testing and what effect that has had on people in those areas and it definitely did though picking new mexico was a strange choice because there's only one uh nuclear bomb detonated in new mexico they should, should have picked nevada that's where most yeah of the, yeah but seems like that's a more logical choice and i think that's does. even where they said they were heading towards uh well they were going to california okay their, yeah right. san diego was their final destination but uh they were obviously i don't i don't know if they said anything about nevada because they were obviously taking the scenic route everywhere they were going so okay. maybe they were going to nevada uh, bizarrely enough filmed in morocco <laughs> filmed in morocco and okay what? so i watched the making of documentary on this and the reasoning here makes sense is basically they wanted to shoot in the original place but since it had you know been uh, 30 years condos had been put up there so oh. it was no longer just a, a desert. Now people live there. It was there. too nice. Yeah. They Gentrification. Want, they wanted to do New Mexico, but to shoot in the desert in New Mexico to get the, the looks that they wanted was like two to three hours away from the nearest town. But in Ooh, Morocco, yeah. it was just like a tw short drive to the nearest town. So they had more access and got the same basic appearance as New Mexico. Okay, well, that makes sense. And it's weird, too, because like I never would guess while I was watching this that this wasn't in the U.S. 
Yeah, yeah, the way that the set design, like, is amazing. They did such a great job of really capturing what, you know, just a, a little, like, rinky-dink thing on the, you know, back roads in New Mexico would look like. Apparently, like, it was so convincing that some locals stopped there to try to get gas. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, Pretty fucking but, convincing. Yeah, but, the, yeah, the set the set uh, design on this was great. And, and then, like, they, they built that entire station, like, the inside and everything. So, like, the interior oh, wow. shots are in that actual building. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. It's cool huh. stuff. And, of course, this is directed by old Alexander Asia, who's done uh-huh. some other stuff, what we have covered on this show, right? He did old High Tension. We did that one quite a while back. Yeah, High Tension. He did Piranha 3D, which I mentioned earlier. He's uh, he did a movie called Mirrors, which I haven't seen. He also did Mm-mm. Crawl, which we did a while back. Yeah, not That's good. one not I didn't like. One. Yeah, I know a lot of people that loved that one, but uh, I think that's Aja's like, weakest of the films I've seen. But yeah. uh, he, he obviously has, like, a talent and an eye. Like, he, oh, he yeah. knows what he's doing, and he knows horror really well. Yeah, definitely. Like, he's one of those guys that I will always be interested to see what he does next. Because yeah. I do like this flick, and I do like High Tension a lot. Yeah. Uh, and again, Piranha, Piranha 3D, it's interesting to see how much range this guy has yeah. and what he does. Because he yeah. kind of gets it, you know? Yeah, he 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 has a a good knowledge of like what it is people like in horror movies, which is why Piranha yeah. 3D works so well because it's not going for this particular type of horror movie that's really going to like stick in your craw or whatever. It's going for boobs on the lake and fish eat people. Like and he nails that. <laughs> That's why you're there. And yeah. He gives it to you. <laughs> and he the same here. This is going for a grimy like uh, just brutal, terrible feeling throughout, and that building tension, and that like final release when the you know the big bads are all dead, like, and he nails that too. Like he just really gets how horror works. So I, I think that you know moving from Wes Craven to uh, Alexander Aja is that's a pretty solid kind of lateral move. Like because Wes Craven was the master of horror; he understood horror in a way other people didn't really get up to a point like he yeah. he was able to bring us a lot of things that that really shifted horror for a long time so I, i'd like to see yeah i think aja has like a future where we may see him as a much more influential director because this this does come out in a time of torture porn and brutal horror but it doesn't fall into those same traps Right, even though it does have some very torturous, very oh, brutal... Hard to watch shit, yeah. Ooh, man, this has some very fucking hard to watch stuff in there yep. for sure, man. Mm-hmm. Bringing in a little bit of that uh, French extremity yep. into what he's doing, man, yep. which is that whole movement. I don't know, was that already kind of underway by this point? The French yeah, yeah, it, it, kind yeah of I mean, because, you know, he, uh, he did uh, high tension. That was part of it, so yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I guess so, duh. Yeah, yeah he, he's bringing some of that in and because of that that new french extremity like a lot of that was uh political this brings a lot more of a political tone to it than the first one like the i think original. so as well yeah like the original one i don't know i guess you could say that there was maybe a little bit going on right there maybe. but i feel like this one really drives it to the forefront to where it's just like it's not subtext like no, it's just it's clearly like like a guy gets stabbed with an american flag yeah, like, it's pretty on the fucking nose <laughs> right there, right? It's pretty on the nose, yeah. 
Yeah, and we'll kind of go into some of that stuff as we go on here because I think there is a lot of cool messaging in here. Some of it very overt, some of it yeah, some um, a, little, a bit, little bit more subtle. Yeah, but it, there there's a, there's definitely a good like vision throughout this, and you can tell like you know it's stuff like the uh, the whole like the mid sequence that's basically the huge inciting incident for everything uh, following the the crash. The crash is awesome. They, they actually that that crash was at 50 miles per hour like the the stunt is insane like, oh damn <laughs> yeah they made an amazing crash there but uh it, everything just all happens at once we get uh bob gets immolated uh brenda gets raped uh, it's a terrible fucking scene mm-hmm. the, uh a baby gets a gun held on it uh, a bird gets drunk uh, Somebody mom, cracks open a co-bird. <laughs> crack him open a co-bird. Uh-huh. Uh, the mom gets shot in the stomach. Then uh, Vanessa Shaw gets shot in the head. You, by the way, women getting shot in the head is not common in movies and TV, just so you know. I guess not. I mean, now that I think yeah. about it, not really. No. I mean, essentially, she is getting fridged. This is, this is like, you know, a terrible thing happening to a woman to make a man go off and do hero business, but... That's from the original. There's nothing you can do. I mean, you could change this, but then you would upset people who were fans of the original. So that's just going to happen. They made it happen in a more brutal fashion, which... Yeah, that whole, like, shit hits the fan scene is just... Holy shit, man. Like, I don't don't think anything else could have been going on to make it more intense. No, and it's just, like, ten straight minutes of intense action. Oh yeah, yeah. It is brutal. That is definitely like the hardest to watch part of this movie. It's yeah. It kind of gets into that same realm as like Texas Chainsaw, where it's just physically exhausting. There's just yes. so much screaming and so much misery on screen that you're just like fatigued by the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it um, because of that, like, because it, I, I mean, comparing it to the original Texas Chainsaw is a very solid comparison because like. At at no point are you out of it. Like everything that's happening is just keeping your attention. You can't look away. You can't not be experiencing it. So that's why it's like so fucking exhausting because you can't pull yourself away from it. Mm-mm, it like no. keeps your attention with every single shot and continually sort of like he does a great job of continually changing up the shots so that like you're 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 never getting a chance to be bored. Like your brain just has to keep watching every single thing that's flashing at you. And it, it's kind of torturous almost. It's like, fuck, I I watched this movie three times and I am in no hurry to watch it ever again, even though I really think it's great. Oh yeah, totally. And those are also just really great editing choices too. You know, that's the kind of thing where I don't Mm -hmm. know, if he had it planned out shot by shot where all the interchange was going to take place between what's going on inside the trailer and what's going on outside with Bob getting burned yeah. and shit. Like, I don't know how planned out all of that was, but the editing on parts like that is really, really yeah, it brings it all together. That uh, shot, the the zoom from the trailer to Bob being yeah. set on fire... Uh, like it, it looks like a CGI type of shot and it, 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 they actually, it is just them walking the camera over there and then showing it and fast forward. Like, That's cool. That's kind of cool. what I thought that they did. It's cool that they did it that way though. Yeah. 
because they, yeah, they were using CGI they in this, and they definitely could have just done that. But no, they they did it the the natural way and the way that feels right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing about it is, too, is, you know, all the terrible stuff that's going on with these characters, we wouldn't really give a shit about it if they were subpar. And uh, this brings in a pretty fucking killer cast, man. Yeah, it really does. Man, I mean, you got Ted Levine as Big oh, Bob. Wait. Oh, oh, wait. Was she a great big old Bob person? <laughs> Was she a great big old Bob person? Yeah. Dude, uh, he's so hard to identify. Like, you know, he's a lot older in this mm-hmm. than he was in Silence of the Lambs, obviously. Well, yeah. He's, but he's just bigger, and he's got that mustache and yeah. stuff, and it's only when he says certain words that you're like, oh, yeah. weird. What? Yeah. Whenever yeah. Yeah, Doug, Doug asks him if he can fix the axle, and he just looks at Doug and goes, what? It's what? just like so Buffalo Bill for a second. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah. But a he's, completely he's different character. He's one of those guys, man, that like, that Buffalo Bill role was so iconic and fucking jarring and traumatic for like millions of us. Yeah. That it's really hard to see him as anything but Buffalo Bill. But, you know, anytime you catch Ted Levine in anything, he's always doing a fucking awesome job. The guy is a great actor. I just, I have Buffalo Bill burnt into my fucking head, man. Oh, when I see him with the mustache, I just think of Monk. Is he on that? Yeah. <laughs> That's like really? my... Yeah. So uh, when I see him in this, I just think of him from Monk, and he has kind of, Like, he also reminds me of my own father-in-law. <laughs> like... Okay, So yeah. I, I kind of don't... Like, I don't see him as intimidating in this, though I think you're right. He is this, like, big intimidating guy. He he reminds me of my father-in-law, and I think of his character from Monk, and he just... It's just like... Yeah, this guy like he talks big, but he's not he's not actually being mean to anybody. You know, mm-hmm. he's just kind of a gruff guy or whatever. He he it didn't he was endearing to me is what I'm saying is that like he he just reminds me of my father-in-law and I'm like, yeah, he's a cool dude. I know uh, this guy. Yeah, know like, he's this one of those guy. characters you're like, I've definitely met this guy before for sure. Yeah. Uh we also got uh, Aaron Stanford playing Doug. He's basically our protagonist, though that you know that's not clear until midway through the movie. Yeah, uh, that that it's you know it's going to be Doug and and little Bob and uh, Brenda that are our main survivors. Uh, and Doug, he's played by the guy who plays Pyro in X two and X three. Damn it! I knew I knew him from something, dude, and I could not place it. Yes, he is absolutely fucking Pyro. And I don't know what it is, but in, like, because this movie comes uh, around X3 time, I believe. And in X3, he looks so young. And in this, he looks like a grown man. And I saw, I just went in and looked at pictures of him. When he's not wearing the glasses, he looks way younger. <laughs> like, okay. Really? I've never seen glasses age a person up like 20 years. <laughs> like, because in this, Clark it's like, Kenton oh, he's ass. like mid 30s, probably, right? Wow, man. Yeah. Huh. Got that Superman effect. Uh, we also got Kathleen, Quin- Kathleen Quinlan as the mom. I think she does an amazing job of just almost nailing exactly what the mom was like in the original. Yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah, yeah. a lot of these characters are played pretty close to how they were in, in Wes Craven's, I yeah. think. Uh, Emily DeRavine De and uh, Vanessa Shaw, the sisters. Vanessa Shaw, of course, from Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Not I think they're this... having a planning meeting, for, a planning meeting for this, and they're like, "We need somebody to play the other sister, 
who's going to have yabos that people are crazy about. And they're like, oh, yabos, <laughs> crazy about, hocus pocus. Yabos. Get her in here. Yabos. Uh, I, still crazy about those yabos. She's great, man. Uh, yeah, Vanessa Shaw, is, like, she does an amazing job, especially in the, the scene where, uh, you know, everything's going down, which is her final scene. Whenever he, like, puts his hand on her face, like, yeah. she does Ugh. so much acting in that, like, brief five seconds with her face. And then whenever and he's, you, like, you know breastfeeding on her. Oh, uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Now that I think about it, there's actually more people that are into her yabos in this than there were in Hocus Pocus. There's just one oh. in Hocus Pocus. And they're there, too. At yeah, least. you got the baby and uh-huh. this fucking mutant guy. Right? So, huh. <laughs> she out-yaboed herself. She... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she does so much. Uh, and then, yeah, Emily DeRavine, uh, I think she does a better job of being like traumatized. Cause I remember Brenda in the original, like kind of getting over things too quick. Yeah. She was kind of flat. Like after yeah. the shit goes down in this, like she's, she's fucked. Like yeah, her head is, is just, just gone. Tra- yeah. I mean, cause everything that just happened and she got raped. Oh like, my God, man. Uh, like that is fucking yeah, she insane. Cracks. So like she it definitely cracks a little, breaks yeah. her. Yeah, <laughs> she cracks and a it's little. realistic that way. Yeah, it's way more realistic. It would be so hard to keep yourself together. Uh, we also got uh, a lot. Like Billy Drago plays Papa Jupiter, and as you said, Papa Jupiter needs to be in this more. And really, I I need more Billy Drago. That guy is great as a villain like and they just didn't use him enough in this i don't think yeah i kind of agree because like i knew watching this that jupiter was that you know the head of the family and stuff like that but if you haven't seen the original you You just kind of assume he's just another one of them i guess right yeah basically there's no like there's no no major interactions between him and everyone else or anything and like the the real I, I guess like hulking scary star of this is Pluto played by um uh fuck what's his name Michael Bailey Smith yeah uh, let me name let me just go ahead and name one of his credits and you're gonna go wait what okay my man was in Nightmare on Elm Street five guess who he played huh. Super Freddy no shit it's yeah. that guy yeah it's Super Freddy. What in 2006 he's still this big and jacked? Yeah, yeah, and holy shit, that dude he is so good in this. Like, I mean, we'll talk about the makeup because the makeup is like one of the major stars of this. Fantastic, but, incredible. Like, his acting with the prosthetics and stuff, and like, uh, yeah, like you, you like he's cute sometimes. That's scary. Like the yeah. way that he can go from being like cute to uh smashing through a wall like the fucking kool-aid man yeah he has like kind of like a like a a childlike quality about him but also a scary fucking like he is so hulking and big and just uh, like and when he's attacking doug he's just relentless like it is oh man yeah yeah, why don't we let him Jason sometime? He really should be Jason. Let the man Jason. Let the man Jason, please. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just let him Jason a little bit. Yeah, he he's great. But, um, you know, we also got uh, uh, the, everybody else. Lizard, Big Brain, Goggle, Cyst. Uh, all of them, they all do a great job of acting with this makeup. And the makeup is K&B. 
we got we got our our burger, our Nicotero, our Kurtzman. Yeah, and they fucking deliver. Holy shit! The makeup in this is absolutely fantastic, and especially considering that this is like during the age of horror movies, especially these remakes and stuff that are just super CGI ridden, like fucking. Uh, Freddy's face in the Elm Street remake. It's right. Like he's got like a CG face for crying out loud, you know? Yeah. It would have been really easy for them to go full CG with this and just, you Ugh. know, green screen everybody and all that shit. But man, they put in the extra effort and got yeah. some badasses in to do the work. And this movie is going to age really fucking well. I mean, I mean as it, it is right now, Dave, it's 2021, later, man. It looks fucking great. And we know what Still a swamp this period is for shitty CGI. Oh but yeah, man! This looks awesome. Still, the makeup is great. The everybody is able to play with the makeup, like they're able to actually like make facial expressions and shit. Yeah, that they're not translate like, stiff, like locked as, in. Yeah. yeah, translate as though there is no makeup on them at all. It, it's it's awesome. And then there is a little bit of of CG, but they did it smart. Basically, they were yeah, using they it to han- enhance some makeup. Like that's the way you do, man. Yeah. Ruby Ruby's eye is shifted a little bit and they did the same with the uh two children that he sees playing like that you yeah. know just a little bit of like warping with CGI. And so that's the thing about that. Like whenever we saw Ruby on screen and saw like her face and everything the first time and like you said she has those like fucking battle angel Alita eyes yeah. <laughs> that just uh-huh. look really really weird but actually look better than that movie that just came out like yes. recently. Uh-huh. Um the first time we saw her face on screen like I assumed that it was still practical but it had a little bit of that like uncanny valley thing where my yes. mind went this looks real but something is not right here. It just looks yeah. strange and it didn't make me go oh it's cuz it's fake. It just made me go, she's really mutated. Like, it really right. was effective. Even the fact that it was in that uncanny valley, it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, that that is just, like, just the smallest bit of CG. The CG fire that we get when um, when we see uh, Ted Levine in the fire. But they they did. Looks pretty good. They also used uh, a mechanical, like, uh, Ted Levine and had it actually on fire so some of those shots are real fire summer cg and you can tell the cg a little bit cgi fire especially around then just didn't look right but it they they'd shoot it and edited it just right that it never bugs me i it never felt like wrong it's just a lot of those shots are going by so fast and there's so much shit going on during that part of the movie that like your brain never even really has time to sit there and go now hang on a second is this real or not like there's just so much happening that it i think further hides the illusion um apparently the entire crater with like the cars and stuff in it that was all cg i guess but well from it it looks fine from the the top yeah whenever you see it from the top whenever he's in it he's you know those are just actual like cars and stuff and and uh crows but yeah whenever you see it from the top yeah you can't tell that it's cg unless you're looking for it yeah 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 it looks really good i'm so glad that like they took the extra time and budget into making this look right because you know Especially if you're going to make that big of a change to the original to turn them into these mutants. Yeah. They got to look really goddamn good or yes. else everybody in the theater is going to be like, they changed them and they made them look stupid because exactly. it's CG. This sucks. Like, 
that is such a risk to do that if it doesn't turn out perfect. And really, the visuals and stuff, I think, turned out perfect. It I does so have too. that, like, grimy, fucking kind of Mad Maxi sort of vibe about yeah, it. Where, uh-huh. you know, it's like they look like they are products of nuclear fallout and stuff, which I know would probably just give you cancer and make you die really young. Yeah. Uh, but it's what, you know... In science fiction, we perceive as what would happen if you were exposed to radiation. You'd become this, you know, mutant character like what we see in this movie. And uh, they they look perfect to me. Yeah, they look great. And they do a good job of, like, slowly revealing them. Like, we yeah, see dude. Ruby's hand grab the the um, the hoodie early on. So we see her, yeah, like, like the fingers fused together. Yeah. And then yeah. you see her eye through the like the hole in the outhouse and you can tell it's a little weird but it it just flashes real quick you see them in the dark a lot it's not until they finally get revealed that like it's like right in that moment right before the immolation like you see pluto come in and he's like he wakes up brenda and holds his hand over her mouth and that's the first time we've seen like one of them in full and it is yeah, I mean, he's got some facial deformities, and and uh, he's also hulking and scary. How is it though that like you know a couple of weeks ago when we were doing uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, and we were talking about how like Voldemort's nose slits never really looked that right, right? But like lizard in this that isn't even like a main or character. Goggle, goggle yeah, yeah lizard like he's is the got one the with fucking the cleft palate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he's he's awesome. He's he is, really yeah. really awesome. But yeah, dude has like the nose slits. Yeah. That and they look great. They look awesome. And yes, and so they could have just done that with Voldemort. <laughs> but they didn't. Why? No, they didn't. They this just movie, went fucking CG. Yeah. The budget of this movie is fifteen million dollars in two thousand six. So Whoa. I don't like I don't think CG like it, there's a lot of excuse because obviously you bring K and B in, they did all this amazing work. You have some some names in here. You're shooting in Morocco, like all the things I can think of that, that are going the money going into the budget. Like this is fifteen million dollars in two thousand six. There's a lot you can do with makeup that you just can't do with CG. It's not fucking worth it. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Big brain. How crazy does that oh. fucking entire prosthetic look? Yeah, that. Oh my gosh. Oh it, my it's god, just like, man. It, it's so perfect like it, it you don't question at any moment like you can't see seams in it you can't no. see anything that makes you think this isn't a person with extreme hydrocephaly like yeah it's dude. just so it uh, that's the thing with all of this makeup is that it it doesn't stand out because you think your brain registers as, as real like you have yeah. to remind yourself this is makeup yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, and like even the way with Big Brain, how like they have him situated in that chair where his head is kind of like leaned over the back of the yeah. chair, really gives you the impression of like how much his head weighs and yeah. stuff. Um, oh man, it's fucking weird. And also, he's the most human of all of them in terms of the way that he speaks and has conversations that seem yeah. you know, highly intelligent and stuff. So maybe he did have some kind of mutated super brain. I don't maybe know. Maybe so. Maybe that yeah, maybe he's been orchestrating everything. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's a possibility. Though he he gets killed at the end of this, and then there's a sequel. So 
there there's something more going on uh i guess so yeah and we see at the end that it zooms out to somebody else observing them after they've killed all these people so there's even more people involved that we haven't there's seen there's even more man yeah. and all those people in those fucking incredible uh special effects makeup costumes and suits and stuff man they do some killing and goring i tell you this oh man it is this movie's brutal it's brutal like pluto gets a guy on the end of a fucking pickaxe and just slams him into a rock yeah that is brutal Uh, as shit dude the scene where the gas station guy blows his own head Uh, off and it's really unflinching in the way that it shows it and also the aftermath of just like his fucking ruined skull coming up out of his neck holy shit like that's not really stuff you're used to seeing in American horror movies, especially in this time. And I was watching the rated version. I wanted to watch the unrated one. I watched but it the was unrated like, version, yeah. Okay, I want to know what all is different because it was only like a minute longer yeah, and you could only buy it for like 16 bucks. And I was like, I don't know if I want to buy right. that. Yeah, it, it uh, the the rape scene's a little bit longer, I think. But it's, I mean, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that, that rape scene. But yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, you're not missing anything. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. probably just mainly like tighter edits more yeah. than it is like seeing yeah. anything more. Yeah, it's not you're not you're not seeing a whole lot more there. Uh, Man, yeah, that, they was threatened with an NC seventeen oh. rating, so they only had to cut like a minute to get an R. <laughs> wow, dude, yeah. they were right on the line, huh? Yeah. Dang, man. The scene where, like, Doug gets his fingers chopped off Ugh. looks so fucking real and brutal. Yep. Woo, man. And yeah, Ted Levine burning. Like, I love that they went with animatronic on a lot yeah. of that stuff, too. It just looks fucking brutal. And then, like, his, like, smoldering corpse on the ground and stuff. Ugh. God damn, man. And like, his eyes smell go it through white, the screen. Like, like, his corneas get burnt. Oh, fucking shit. Yeah, dude. This it's movie is hard brutal. to watch. I'm talking about it and, like, uh, in in tones of how great it is, but like I like I don't know if I'll watch this anytime soon again. Oh yeah, that's it's, the thing. This is totally in that category of movies where I'm like, yeah, it's great, but I have no reason to watch it again. I don't yeah. really know when I would want to see this again. Comfortable. Uh, that I mean. So okay, the rape scene. We uh, we have been on record as we hate rape scenes. Uh, yeah. obviously who, they're not who, meant who to doesn't? be there come yeah, on man they're not meant to be there to make you comfortable uh yeah and that, and that's the thing man it's like okay because i know somebody will be like oh you're not okay with that but you're okay with people getting fucking split in two down the middle by a, a hacksaw blah 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 and it's like the kind of ridiculous gore and stuff that you see in horror movies nobody in the fucking audience is gonna squirm in their chair because they're like I got cut in half once. This is making me feel bad. Exactly. Like, <laughs> that's not going to happen, yeah, man. But yeah. there are way, 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 way too many people yeah. out there that can relate uh, to a rape scene in a movie and feel very uncomfortable by it and stuff. Yeah. There's way too many, man. Well, uh, yeah. That's realistic violence, and that fucking sucks. But yeah, listen to survivors. I mean, you know, however they feel about it. I, I as far as uh, I'm concerned, I think that this scene is done well. I think so. It doesn't feel exploitive to me. It does yeah, it's not sexualized, which is what no. that's that's when that's when it's real hard to watch when the director is trying to pull you into like you're culpable. Like, like 
uh, I don't want to be culpable. I want to be looking at this and seeing it as monstrous. And that's how this yeah. is shot. Is like this I is think so. monstrous yeah. and terrible. And uh, we get snippets of it. We get, but we don't get anything. Uh, you know, anything to try to sexualize the moment. It's supposed to be gross. Yeah, yeah, and it totally succeeds in that. And again, that even the aftermath of just how devastated she is afterwards yeah. is played out in a very realistic way yeah um so i don't know man i think it's well done i mean do i want to watch it no, of course not i hate no. watching it but that's yeah. kind of the point is it, it's all like it's all supposed to make you feel terribly uncomfortable and to display these people as absolutely monstrous like they they are driven to this point of full-on monstrosity they are inhuman and so we we're supposed to get some catharsis from doug going and uh getting his baby back and all that like he wants his baby back baby back right. baby back baby back <laughs> but again i mean you know as i said he, his wife gets fridged uh he's he's going to avenge a rape like we're we're seeing a man being driven by uh the you know uh torture of women so women mm-hmm. are just a device to get him to go and act. And that um, that's that is definitely can be a negative for sure. But I think in this, when we get down to what this movie is actually trying to say, and we'll talk about that right now, when we get down to it, that actually kind of works with what I think the message of this movie is. Um, I think so too, and yeah. I think that depending on who you ask, they might get something completely different Maybe. out of Absolutely. this movie. What are you seeing into this? Okay, so I mean, this is obviously uh, about American atrocities. It doesn't try yeah. to hide that. It, it's about uh, American nuclear testing. It's, I mean, the 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 deformed uh, fetuses we see are from Agent Orange use in Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam. Uh, you know the the. The obvious message, uh, or at least the obvious like sort of uh, messaging here, is uh, America created their own enemies. Yeah, and, that's what I think this is about as well, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, this is saying that uh, you know, uh, because Doug's Doug's arc is from a Democrat who's afraid of guns to a guy who goes in and kills everyone. Uh, and and gets his baby back uh, and it's kind of like you know the reactionary 9-11 type of thing where uh you go back and look at the voting on the patriot act and going to war with iraq and stuff there weren't uh, a lot of democrats voting against that in fact i mm-hmm. think the patriot act passed by like everybody voting for it or whatever jesus like, so the messaging then at the end is we see Doug, uh, this Democrat, he's now become this uh, killer who's out for vengeance to, you know, save his baby or whatever. Uh, and this cheesy ass American music is playing like he stabs yeah, a guy so with an American flag. He's fighting lizard and this like triumphant sort of like I'm a hero music is playing. Totally and out of character from the rest of the movie. Totally out of character from the rest of the movie, and it, re- it and it seems like a critique. It is like this critique on, uh, uh, you know, this American interventionism, this American like atrocities around the world. Like Americans have created their own enemies and then come in and slaughter them, and uh, like cheer themselves on for doing it. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I get out of it, man. And it's like 
I wish that I could say that this was one particular example. Like, this is totally about Americans going into the turf of the Vietnamese people and the Viet Cong fucking right. going after them. Or, or I wish I could say it's about Iraq. yeah Desert <laughs> yeah. Storm or Afghanistan or, or even Central just America, fucking South America, Africa, yeah. all over the globe. Anywhere. Like yeah. this could be so many fucking stories. This, especially during the time period, this could be about the Taliban. This yeah, could be about yeah. the fact that we fucking armed the yeah. Middle East over there. Well, and no then, way, it's, no way, it's not. They're they're living in caves yeah, and stuff. Totally. Like there, there's like yeah. an obvious like sort of connection that they're they're trying to be like. These these are the enemies you keep creating, and like the ending is triumphant, and then we zoom out to another enemy is going to attack them. Oh yeah, because you can't escape the enemies you've created. No, you just make more enemies every time. Yeah. Man. like honestly, you could go back, in my opinion, and remake this movie, and instead of a a family on vacation with their you know uh, suburban and trailer that they're hauling behind right. it or whatever. This could just be settlers with horses and a covered wagon being yes. attacked by Native Americans, and it would be the same movie. Yes. Yes. Like, it would be the same. Absolutely. It's about American just so imperialism many. and expansionism yep. and, yep, all that stuff. Uh, I, I, like, there, there's no doubt Aja was throwing it in there. Like, there's no doubt that's oh, what yeah. he was aiming for, and that, that is part of the new French extremity is, is injecting political, political critique. critique into... You know, these often like very horrific, brutal body horror types of things. Yeah. Well, and who better to throw that critique out than a non-American? I mean, yeah, uh, exactly. A, a person who's from France being like, "This is how the Americans <laughs> do. They piss everyone off. Yeah. They wonder why they are mad at them, and then they go in and kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Is I that th- really is what happens at the end of this? It's like, uh-huh. you know, these people can't figure out why these these uh you know fallout savages are being so mean to them why are they so mad for i can't believe they're being mean to us yeah and then they get their big freedom boner whenever they grab a gun and kill them yep. and it's like we saved the day it's yep. never like we created this problem it's like yeah we and did it america there, there are two <laughs> exposition moments that establish like we created this problem there's big bob looking at all the headlines apparently the gas station attendant just kept an exposition wall uh, yeah, totally. Like, and it shows all the stuff about the atrocities, and then like the stuff about uh, people going missing in the the hills. Uh, and then we have Big Brain telling Doug, you know, about how they were pushed into the caves and all this stuff. Like, it's it's there are two exposition moments that really kind of establish exactly what we're saying that this is what like this is revenge for that. Like yeah. they are getting revenge for atrocities committed against them by America. I'll tell you this, man, and this is just an idea I had while I was watching this, and I was thinking about all of the examples of America that this could be about, uh-huh. <laughs> which is a lot, which is a whole lot of them. Yeah. I was just thinking, man, and it could be its own standalone movie, trademark Dan Lovely, or it could just be you know a remake of The Hills Have Eyes, but set in Tennessee. In the area where the TVA flooded the lands yeah. and drove so many people out. Yeah. Like, make a story about a family that, that drove up into the awesome. hills from the TVA. Like, that would be so fucking cool, right? Yes, it would. Yeah, because, like, most uh, hillbilly horror is really just, like, look at these dumb rednecks, and the rednecks yeah. are basically just acting as evil monsters who have no, like, agenda whatsoever. But, yeah, give them, like, a reasoning to exist. 
Because they, yeah, the TV people. Oh man, uh, we could talk about that the whole TV, TV thing is crazy, man. Yeah, we could talk about that. I, I, we did, in fact, on the Evil Dead, we talked about the TVA uh, situation oh, yeah. a little bit. But like, obviously, uh, uh, ended up providing power to the entire Southeast region, etc., and was a huge socialist movement that uh, really kind of worked out, but uh, was done in a very authoritarian way that pissed off yeah. a lot of people in the south <laughs> whole lot of people yeah. whole lot of people man mm -hmm. yeah yeah they're just so goddamn american in this i mean yeah. the very first thing that we see of the family before we see them or their vehicle we see the little american flag they have on their vehicle like he's yeah. telling us right away these are americans yeah this is america these and then even within representation right here this is you guys yeah yeah and even within that little you know ship of fools this little encapsulation of everything that is the american experience we have this infighting of like oh we're republicans and he's a democrat we yeah. use guns and he don't like guns right like there's kind of all this little infighting quarreling shit that we do um ourselves over here all of the infighting it's kind of encapsulated in that family dynamic and of course they have them doing things like uh, like praying there's several references to <laughs> prayer in this movie so awkward uh, when's the last time you got caught up in a prayer um i don't know the last time i got caught in one but i do vividly know the last time i ever got asked to do one. Oh no <laughs> well, okay tell this story <laughs> yeah so it was at like thanksgiving or something over at uh my mom's house and stuff and you know they're they're still very religious and stuff and i think that there's going to be like a little prayer before the meal there and i think mom asked kate if she wanted to and she was, kate was like no not really <laughs> no, not at all and uh, so she asked me to and i was like all right everybody holds hands bows heads <laughs> oh, no. dear odin all father <laughs> on your mighty eight-legged steed near. <laughs> May you bless us with gifts from Valhalla. May your mighty spear, Gungnir, fly straight towards our enemies and vanquish them. Uh, it was shit like that. That yeah. was definitely the last time I ever got asked. Wow. <laughs> ever. That, I, yeah, I can't you can really, do that. Uh, the last time I got asked was definitely in my grandparents' house, and uh, I, I remember doing it and just feeling so fucking awkward, but it, it's been a long time. Anyway. Oh, they Prayers. never ask yes, you who to American. pray to. They just say they just say pray, and it's like, okay, I did technically do that. I did it. Hey, oh, Dark Lord Satan. Yeah, I mean, Please you didn't ask me who to pray that to. Did not turn to ash in our mouth. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> You're still fulfilling the request for a prayer before a meal. So yes, there, I've done it. Don't ask if you don't want it. If you want something specific, you better ask for it. <laughs> Could you please pray to Jesus? Oh. Yeah, okay. No, now that's different. No. Yeah, pass. <laughs> <laughs> Any other options? Any other takers we can work with here? <laughs> but yeah, there's like some awkward prayer stuff in here. Um, they're doing things like, okay, I notice even some of the songs that they sing seem kind of entrenched in American culture. Obviously, you got California Dreamin' is uh -huh. one of the songs that one of the characters is singing. Uh, like he's dreaming of Western expansion, going towards California and stuff. Again, right. this could be this could be pilgrims for all we sure. know. Sure, yeah. I mean, they, he says that. Imagine the first people that came through this de desert. They didn't know yeah. where they were going either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, that's just such like a fucking American perspective. It's like, what do you mean the first people? There were already people there were here already before people you got here. here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know. And yep. I also noticed too. One of them sing. It seems like a. 
Ah, uh, what is it? It's like Danny Boy, like a traditional Irish song or they're something saying, like that. Uh, what is he saying? Fuck. Yeah, he does sing like a traditional song where they're like when he's driving and the uh, uh, Brenda's like, Dad, you know, I hate when you sing. I can't remember what it was. Was it should be coming around the mountain maybe or? Something I can't like remember. That. I remember yeah. it's an it's like an Irish song, okay. and of course we have so many Irish immigrants and stuff that were right. here early in America. Yeah. I feel like those things are there to further entrench us in like, oh, this is like the entire this has been America all along is going around and pissing people off, creating yeah. enemies, being confused when they get mad at us, and then having understand. to kill the shit out of them, which just creates more enemies. Like this is fucking America, dude. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, man. Like. I've never, and I say this all the time, I've never had to dodge mortar fire in my life. I live in a safer place than a lot of fucking places in the world. And I've won the luck lottery to be born in a place where I have clean drinking water. Let's be honest, you know? Well, that describes a lot of places. That's not just America. have clean drinking water. That's a a very fucking valid point, man. Yeah. Maybe one of these guys fucking flying rocket ships to outer space to prove how big their dick is Mm -hmm. could fix fucking Michigan's water. Wild idea. Yeah. Well, it's not just Michigan. It's all over the country. And our our roads are falling apart. And the only reason we don't have to dodge mortar fire is because we got the biggest mortars and we're firing them. (laughs) That's true. Got to keep on firing them. Or else it'll start coming our way, right? Yeah. But they, we do have armed <laughs> men in the streets uh, punishing protesters, so that's always good. There you go. But, I mean, all you have to do is look at the history of America and how few years we've not actively been in a war. <laughs> it's yeah. just absolutely pathetic. It will make your fucking hat spin it's been if you look up that World stat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, our entire lives. Mm-hmm. Like, we've never not been pissing somebody off. Like, yeah. our entire lives, man, we have been over in the Middle East just fucking shit up. Yep. That's what and we guess do. Guess what? It's not gotten any better. It hasn't fixed anything. In fact, it's made things it hasn't worse. Hasn't fixed a fucking thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And all it's done is fucking created enemies, dude. It's like yeah. But if if your plan is to uh, continually sell war, then making tons of enemies makes sense. success. Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. have no wars if everybody likes you. <laughs> Nobody goes to war with a feller. It's nice. No, not at all, man. That's why we got to keep on going. So, yeah, I feel like this movie is being very, very in your face with that. And I think that Mm -hmm. whenever it gets to that part where, you know, our man Doug takes up a gun and does the American thing and shoots the bad guy. Yeah. I think you could definitely watch that. And, you know, half of the theater would be like, yeah, USA, USA. And then the rest of us are just kind of like, yeah, this is kind of what we do. Yeah, that's the... I think the point here is not USA, USA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. And it, that's, I mean, that's awesome that, because, um, like, Wes Craven's connection of The Hills Have Eyes to Sawney Bean is a part of our American culture of adopting European, uh, or adapting European folklore and making it American. Yeah, it's the uh, Disney way. Yeah. This, uh, an, <laughs> you bring in a French director, and he gives you a very American tale. Um, yeah, that is true. That is much more rooted in our actual culture than the original. The original mm-hmm. uh, is, again, trying to relive a Sawney Bean tale and stuff like that. And, and, tra- and giving us, like, you know, this does have names like Pluto and, and, and stuff like that. But they also call people Lizard and Goggle and stuff like that. The other one really was trying to root in uh, 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 Greek culture and Roman, like, yeah, culture. Yeah, Yeah. Which, which is Jupiter? Is that Roman? 
I get those two mixed up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's so Craven was trying to root uh, this American folktale and Europeanness, and and this is a European perspective that says like, no, 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 this is America. This is what America. Holy America. Yeah, that this is the American tale, and it nails it. I mean, it is. It is much more of our actual culture. It's much more accurate. I mean, is it more accurate than Five Goes West? No, nothing is more accurate than Five Goes West. <laughs> okay, that's the most accurate. Then we got this. Yeah, then this. Okay. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you got Five Goes West, The Hills Have Eyes. Those should be on every child's American history playlist. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that we're looking into it too much when we say that this is all about oh, that. No. No. I think it's very. I don't even think it's subtext. I think it's just yeah. text. I think it's right there. I think yeah. you can look into it deeper and find more and more. Sure. Uh, but I don't think you have to dig very deep. I mean, it could maybe have been more subtle. I mean, stabbing maybe. a guy with an American flag is very <laughs> like, shit. Well, and then, too, like one of the first things, I think it is the first thing we see out of Big Brain is him uh, singing the national anthem. Right. And it's just like, well, that's what USA creates. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's not very subtle. But also, if you don't, because I remember the first time I watched it, I didn't get anything out of it other than uh, this is brutal as fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you can definitely just watch this movie, not get any sort of subtext out of it at all, and still be like, that was a great horror movie. Uh, oh yeah if that's what you're into if you're looking for something a little lighter this is not for you (laughs) no no this is not going to be one of those like fucking saturday afternoon watches at all man not at all but other than like some of the family dynamic of the of the hill folk that we talked about i can't really think of much that the original does better than this i think that i mean the the gore and special effects are head and shoulders above here you know of course The original was made for nothing. It yeah, was before no, Wes yeah. Craven was even a thing, you know? There's no reason. Because, like, you look at what Wes Craven did with that original, and it's fucking amazing. Like, he, yeah. this was an original story coming out of his head. All the brutality of this, basically, is is from his original. Uh, yeah. It's just ramped up with better effects. And I, it's you can see why Wes Craven, because, like, he, he you know, in, in wanting to do this, he saw the success of the T- Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Amityville Horror remakes, but he obviously didn't want to go too far off of the original path, which yeah. is what pisses off a lot of horror fans is when you go too far off or, you know, don't go far enough where you're just reshooting it like Gus Van Zant. Like, exactly. Like, it's a fine line, man. It is. It's a total catch catch 22 where yeah. it's like, you're right. If you just remake it note for note, they'll say, what's the point? Yeah. Why do if this? you go too far away, they go, well, what's the point? Yeah. So I think this does it very successfully. Yeah. I think that this is very much the same movie as the first one. There's not really a lot that's different about it, but I think it's a very worthy update. It's like yep. a fucking HD update. Like they're doing with some of these video games now where it's like, yeah, it's yeah. the same game, but it looks a lot better and the Just controls sharper, are tightened yeah. up and shit. Uh-huh. You know, you can skip the battle animations if you want to. It's sure. that kind of upgrade to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I really enjoy, oh, I mean, enjoy. I really appreciate this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's if hard. anybody enjoys it, woo. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate this movie and think it is really well done. And it like, it, it, yeah, it's, you know, just re-watching Piranha 3D leading up to this and watching this just reminds me, like, I want, yeah, I want more from uh, Aja. I like I like what he does. I may not have liked Crawl, but that doesn't that's doesn't amount to a whole lot to not like one movie. Uh, a yeah. ton of people loved Crawl. 
I yeah, I, I want to see more from him. I, I I really I really think that uh, I don't know like e Evil Dead's 2013 installment isn't a remake, so like you can't call that the best remake, right? Sure. Yeah. I I think this might be the best remake of that period hmm it might well be. i mean it's definitely it's definitely fucking better than amityville yeah and it's it's better than the friday the 13th it's better than, better than texas, chainsaw. Street, texas chainsaw I, I definitely like it better than zombies halloween though i liked zombies halloween pretty fine it, it's way better than poltergeist oh <laughs> Holy a million shit. times better than poltergeist so like this fucking it great, might be the best one it might be the best one which is i mean uh you know, it's not like a hugely great crop of good ones, but no. this one just stands above the others, I believe. Yeah, it feels like it was made by a very competent director. Yeah, I knew and what he was doing. Very, <laughs> very competent special effects features yeah. that took what was already there in the original and again added more of that political American subtext and stuff yeah. to it that I think is really great. And honestly has some stronger performances than what we saw in the original too yeah, so it does i think it's a whole lot of successes i was looking on imdb and like of course there's a lot of people that rated this a one star because it's just so grotesque and it's so grimy and so brutal it's not and for you just don't I get rate that, a yeah, movie maybe when it's just that's not for it. you man like I, like we don't talk romantic comedies for that reason like i can't yeah. give it a 10 exactly man well and again this is like the same situation as somebody like you know, like my fucking mom that doesn't eat spicy food rating a wing place bad because it was spicy. Right. It's like, well, this That's isn't for thing. you. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not your thing. Don't You don't have to tell everybody that it's bad because it's not your thing. Yep. So, I don't know. I get it if people didn't like it, um, but I don't know. I definitely did enjoy it, man. I yeah. think this is a pretty fucking sick flick. Like, Me too. I can't really remember in the original if everything feels so fucked up right out of the gate because that's the thing with this movie is like part of why it's so exhausting is from the get-go it starts off not with the family but with the gas station right. guy and things are grimy and fucked up from the, from the first second yeah. well actually the very first minute of this is the guy in the hazmat suits getting killed by oh, people yeah. in the hills that's kind of unrelated to the rest of the movie so it's like as soon as it starts you're like they're in danger for yeah. sure, something bad is going to happen. Like, so it's unrelenting. No... It just never yeah. slows up. Yeah. And I can't remember in the original if it's like that or if it is just like fun family vacation. Oh, no, we yeah, popped I, a tire. Like, I, I can't remember. I believe the original does have a more of a, oh, this is happening now sort of surprise bit to it. Because the I, also, I think the wreck in the original is just an accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this is, and this is very much a setup. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think this one does. Yeah, you're right. The the other one was a little more like eased you into the insanity that was to come, whereas this one just starts off like insanity. <laughs> yeah, it's like right as soon as it goes, you're fucking shot out of a cannon. So it's exhausting. Yeah. And it is, it's what, like an hour 45, something like that? Yeah, hour 45. It's not short, but it's also... I can't think of much you could trim, though, Yeah, honestly. I was going to say, it doesn't There's feel not... long. It just is long. Yeah, it just kind of is, huh? Yeah. Uh, tough, tough one to enjoy. You know, it's like there's a lot of unlikable characters and stuff in here. Even our family is like not necessarily likable. They have a lot of petty bullshit between them. And yeah, Doug, um, Doug is kind of uh, of a dick. You know, yeah, like, definitely. But I, I, you know, I get you. You don't really want to be on the trip or whatever. Like, but it's normal family shit. 
that nobody's yeah. really villainized even big bob as i said like i see some charm to him and stuff he's not really like it's not like they're not presenting him as an abuser or anything he's just a gruff guy like the, the family kind of it's it's hard to hate him you don't want him to die that that's part of the torture of it really is that you you like the people yeah yeah well, I'll tell you what. Let's slap a number on this thing and hit the row ad. What are you going to rate this thing up at? I don't know what I rated the first one. I kind of wish I did. I, I'd give it a similar rating, but I'm going to guess yeah. I gave the first one probably around like a like a seven, seven and a half. Uh, like, I think I'd give this like a seven. I feel like yeah. it, and and that like it really succeeds in doing everything it wants to do. So in that, in that way, it's a 10, it's a, it's a success as a horror movie. And if you're looking for a brutal fucking horror movie that is going to have you from the beginning to the end, this is it. But when it comes to my own personal, like desire to, to see a movie like this, and it's just real low. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't love to to you know go through that uh, that feeling. But man, it sets out to do. It sets out to do this just unrelenting, like from the moment you start to the moment it ends, just feeling gross and kind of uh, tense and just fully anxious the whole time. I. I but that that makes it. A full-on success but for me i I say it's like a seven i agree with all of that score included i was gonna say seven on this as well man because it just succeeds at everything i can't really think of anything that this movie fails at because even like let's say for example them making the the family a little less human a little bit more faceless and we don't really get their inner workings near as much as the original yeah I think that makes this even more of just like a clear lens to look at this through where it's like, this could be the Viet Cong. This could be Native oh, yeah. Americans. Could this be could be any number of uh, yeah. uh, America's so-called enemies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think by, by making them a little bit more nebulous and faceless like that, it keeps it more open to interpretation yeah. where it's like, which American fucking tragedy is this to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas if they would have characterized the family more, you would have been more locked into like, oh no, this is definitely about this incident where we piss some people off. Like, yeah. So I get why they did that. So even in that regard, that was a success as well. Um, killer special effects, very fucking brutal, not for the faint of heart at all. Uh, but absolutely successful in all fronts. I don't want to watch it again anytime soon. I'm not even like a huge fan of the original or anything like that. I don't frequently watch yeah, the original. No, same. Do you? Yeah, I uh, with Wes Craven stuff. I the '70s stuff. I just don't pay attention to. I'm not watching Last House on the Left again. I'm not. Yeah, dude. It's, I don't want to feel that. Interested. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. So I think seven is a very adequate score for this one right here, man. And I look forward to watching more stuff from Alexander. I've been saying fucking Asia, Aha, Ajax. I, I think it's Aja. I'm not positive on Aja. that. I, okay. I'm t- terrible. I've got with... Steely Dan in my head, man. I, I keep Asia. calling it Asia because uh, I'm like, like the Steely Dan record. Right. right. So, Ben, let's just get out of these doldrums of the oh, desert and the eels in there and talk oh, there's about eels up in them. a movie that's just full of pretty people. What? Are you talking about kicking off maybe a new month that's going to be full of adventure and excitement? Yes. We're getting into August, aren't we? Yes, we are. Action August, Ben. Action fucking August, dude. We're going to take ourselves a little little detour and talk about some fucking action-filled flicks yep. for the month. I think that's going to be a damn good time. Me too. I'm excited for it. We're, I mean, we're 
the films are going to have horror elements, but we're not, uh, not too worried about you being scared for August. We want to do some fun movies. Yeah, that's right, man. Some big old hot weather blockbusters that still have horror elements in yeah. there to them. I mean, we're not going to do like a Seagal movie or something like no, that. No, no, but that would be fun. <laughs> but that would be a yeah. good time for sure, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're kicking off Action August with another movie that's got some sand and some dunes mm-hmm. and some uh, some hunks and foxes in it. Yes, it does. It's a little movie called The Mummy. Now, right, we are. not the not the classic mummy from back in the day. The one and with Tom Cruise. Not the one from Tom Cruise times. We're talking <laughs> 99s? I think it's 1999. Think so. The Mummy? Maybe 98. Um, well, Brendan yeah, Fraser. Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weisz, fucking full of pretty people. Real fun time. And the most recent time I watched it, I noticed some Giallo influences. So I what? think this is going to be fun to talk about. It'll be a fun one. Be sure to tune in next week for that one. Uh, after you go and rate and view on Apple Podcast and sign up to our Patreon page. That's right. Uh, this movie uh, was a Patreon pick. Joey Glacken uh, uh, put this in the bowl. It's actually been in the oh, bowl for a while. this is Joey's Choice. Yeah, nice. Joey's I didn't know that. I love that movie, Joey's Choice. Joey's Choice. Yeah. It's when, uh, he <laughs> it was him choosing between this and fucking... Uh, Serbian film. That was, oh, no. that was Joey's choice. Please, Joey, please don't put Serbian film in. No, uh, just don't. Yeah, but uh, yeah, go go on over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Uh, become a, a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. Become a $5 patron. You get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl. We randomly draw from that bowl once a month and we cover that movie just like we covered this movie today. We proved it. We just did we it. We did it. Boom. Uh, also, uh, head on over to uh, the the Twitters, the the Instagrams at Dead Lovely Pod, Facebook, well, Facebook.com forward slash Dead and Lovely Pod. We're all over the damn place, man. Yeah, track us down like a bloodhound and follow us and hang out with us on that Facebook group and stuff like that, as well as our Discord chat oh, and yeah. all that uh, other good stuff we got. Screaming chat, uh, Friday nights, weird man. We just watched Halloween four. We're gonna watch Halloween five this week. Uh, Bad. good ones <laughs> not great not great not good no <laughs> but it is a good old hang so yeah be sure to hang out with your boys then and tune in for next week's installment of the greatest podcast drang and longley that's us here with the host of the most ankle ben and me hurlier would starve <laughs> that is that like the medea version yeah hurlier would starve hurlier <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time you guys have been great we've been dead and lovely so like i was saying earlier i had a duo of skank banger shows this weekend and these shows were just a hot and sweaty and sticky mess you know of course it is it is july and the venues in like an older building and stuff like that so you cram about, you know, 800 people in there, and it gets pretty toasty pretty fast, especially considering we had this, like, Mondo Mega Light package on stage. So I got home from the, I think it was the, yeah, it was the second show that we played. I got home at, like, probably close to four in the morning, right? Okay. And I was just starving to death, and I was super thirsty, and I was super nasty, 
uh, my clothes were just like, I could have wrung them out. Like it was like, I just got out of a pool. <laughs> it was disgusting. Right. Yeah. So the first thing that I did is like, I went in the bathroom and I'm like, all right, I got to get cleaned up and stuff before I crawl into bed. So I was like, I, I literally peel my clothes off and I'm like, I need to take a shower, but God, I'm so hungry. I got to get something to eat. So then I wandered just fucking butt ass naked into the kitchen with my makeup all smeared, my hair still all <laughs> poofed up. And I started eating some hummus and tortilla chips. Yeah. They're in the kitchen by myself at four in the morning. Uh huh. And uh, then I caught myself, as I oftentimes do when I'm having a midnight snack. Well, I got to go stand at the window and, like, <laughs> you know, peep one of the blinds open to watch people out on the streets and stuff. Cause yeah. There's even still people out there that were, like, coming home from a night of partying and stuff. And uh, they didn't know it, but old Davy Stranger was just standing there in his kitchen, butt naked, eating tortilla <laughs> chips and hummus, watch them go about their ways. And it just got me thinking about like all the times that maybe I've been walking around a city street late at night with my friends, just having a good time, not knowing that a naked man eating tortilla chips and hummus was watching me. So next time you're on the streets doing something, I just want you to remember, I might be watching you, butt naked, eating chips and hummus. Isn't that what? Boulevard of Broken Dreams is about? It is now, yes. I walk these lonely streets, seeing dudes with wangs up in the window. <laughs> right? That's that Green Day song. Yeah, exactly right. That's, <laughs> that's why everybody likes that song. Everybody can relate to it. Who hasn't been there? Just eating hummus dick out. Staring out the Watching window. Watching the people. Watching huh? the people. <laughs> I love this. This is great. 